Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Cleary. And today we'll be discussing season one of the first show in our currently airing category, Westworld. Hey Damas, how are you doing? I'm really good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to talk about this one. I want Me to put too. a disclaimer on top of this one straight away. I get the feeling it's going to be a long one. Just, I've got like yeah. a series of like discussion points I want to talk about. Right. And there's, it's one of those shows that's so dense as well. But mm. I, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if it went long, as I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm I not- feel like I remember like 2% of it because right. there is so much to like that I just witnessed over the last few days. Hopefully, as we discuss this, it'll come up because I'm feeling I'm, the same I'm, way. I know it will. Um, but yeah, but just thinking back, I'm like, wait, what happened? How did we get there? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right. We'll be right. But if it does go long, apologies, but also, sorry, not sorry. Yeah, like, I'm not sorry. It's going to be good. Uh, all right. Spoiler warning, obligatory as always, on this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in season one of Westworld. Uh, this is the only season currently, so we don't know anything about anything coming up, but anything that's been come out so far will be talked about. Um, and if you haven't watched Westworld yet, we suggest you pause the podcast, go and watch it, come back, unless, of course, for whatever reason, you don't mind spoilers. Um, we'll have a bit of a discussion about that actually as we go along, whether that's a, a problem or not. Um, but yeah, you have been warned. Quick breakdown. Westworld is a sci-fi drama series based on the 1973 Michael Crichton film of the same name set in a Western-themed futuristic theme park populated with artificial intelligence which allows high-paying guests to live out their fantasies with no consequences or retaliation from the Android hosts until now. The show first premiered on HBO on October 2nd, 2016 Headed by Jonathan Nolan, frequent collaborator with his brother, uh, brother Christopher Nolan, famous for the... I like that you forgot his name I for did. a second. I had it written down, but I looked at you and I was like, I know Damask this. Nolan? No, that's not right. No. Um, Christopher Nolan, who directed the well, Inception, Memento, the Dark Knight trilogy, those films. Mm-hmm. Very famous for those. You might have heard of them. Maybe. Inception. No, what's the other one? Interstellar. And his collaborator, Lisa Joy. They acted as head writers on the show or showrunners, as well as being executive executive producers along sh- alongside J.J. Abrams, which is an interesting one as well. Obviously famous for Creator of Lost, mm-hmm. Alias. Uh, he directed the reboot movies on the Star Trek franchise mm-hmm. and also the, the latest Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, as well. Um, its first and currently only season features 10 episodes, each coming in at around 58 minutes, with an extra-long pilot and season finale, which came in at 68 minutes and 90 minutes respectively, taking us approximately 10 hours and 20 minutes to complete this week. 
Westworld is blessed with a hugely talented ensemble cast, including uh, Evan Rachel Wood, James Marsden, freaking Sir Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, Tandy Newton, and Ed Harris as the mysterious man in black. Damask, mm. would you like to give us a brief-ish story synopsis of this season, please? No. Okay, cool. Moving on I then. I think I made that joke last week as well. You've, this might be the second or third time, yeah. <laughs> um, my material is limited, um, but I think it's still quality. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> three, you know, what's the joke? Do it three times. That's like the, the... Yeah. If only I could remember how many times I'd done it before so I could uh, pay <laughs> that off. So I'm just about to read the rundown. Obviously, if you've just watched Westworld or you think you're pretty familiar with it, you can skip ahead. No worries. But if not, keep on listening. Two star-crossed lovers, Dolores and Teddy, or should I say two robots configured to share a common narrative, play out a sweeping romantic story for human hosts. This has been done time and time again. This time, however, the human player is a mysterious man in black. He knows their tale, he knows it well. He's played this game before and he intends to win. But the game does not appear to be functioning as well as it should. A photo is found by Dolores' father, which causes a glitch, the first of many. These robots, or hosts as they're called, seem to be malfunctioning because of a new code. They speak to a mysterious voice inside their head called Arnold. One of the hosts, Maeve, who I love, is a smart, witty and wary madam of a brothel experiencing the same narrative over and over again. That is, until she awakes while undergoing maintenance outside of Westworld. She not only sees the strings pulling her, but the puppet masters in all of their mundanity. She is a plaything. Even her dreams are not her own, but a highlight in a showreel for guests. Her awakening has begun. As has Dolores's. After discovering that the code from preventing her from harming others is no longer functional, she escapes her narrative loop and comes across a guest, William, who is struggling to leave behind his moral compass and enjoy the hedonistic delights of the world. And all of Dolores' rhetoric of deeper meanings and beauty in the world gives him another path to follow. Together they will journey to solve what irks Dolores. She is tormented by flashes of the maze, of characters and stories that are both familiar and alien. The world's creator Ford dismisses the concerns of his head of behaviour, Bernard, about the glitches, as well as the concerns of the parent company that now owns the entire operation. Ford is focusing on a new and grand narrative he will unveil, but something sinister is going on while Ford plays with his dolls. Core codes are being rewritten and data is being smuggled out of the park. Something deeper is going on. Is it Ford? Is it Teresa, the park director? Or is it the mysterious Arnold? Back in Westworld, the man in black searches for the centre of the maze. He believes that the search will be the last and greatest story the park has to offer. And at the centre of it is a deeper meaning to the game altogether. He manipulates hosts when he must, like the outlaw Armistice, or he destroys those for a higher purpose, such as Lorenzo. Deeper and deeper he goes. And while Ford seems distracted by his new story, Teresa and the company's board are making moves to overthrow him. Ford, being, you know, a total genius, is a chess master and moves ahead of his foes. He has Bernard lure Teresa away in, into the park, where it is revealed that Bernard is another of Ford's creations, simply a pawn on his chessboard. In fact, he is simply a replica of Ford's former partner, the elusive Arnold. Ford has Bernard killed Teresa and cover up the crime. Once again, Ford is free to focus on his mysterious new narrative. And a part of this new narrative is uploaded into Teddy, the handsome and tortured cowboy. His past is linked with a mysterious new character, Wyatt, who seduced Teddy into betraying his own morals and slaughtering an entire town. This town, it seems, is also what calls out to Dolores. While her human companion William has helped her along the way, this is a place that he can't follow. 
She must face her demons alone. It's a place of past selves that torments more than just the hosts. The maze that the man in black holds dear has led him to the same place. And here, Dolores and the man in black meet again. He attacks our heroine, still desperate for the key to the maze. And while Dolores might have answers, they are not meant for him. It is then that both we and Dolores discover that her kind-hearted companion, William, has grown bitter and transformed into the man in black. The game of Westworld has consumed him. He must win. Maeve, our beloved madam, who has, since having an awakening, learnt all she needs to escape the horrors of Westworld. She commandeers the will of two hosts to help in this escape. She's a lady with a plan, and no one can stop her. But with the help of two humans, it's discovered that while she may have a plan, it's not actually her own. Her great awakening and autonomy is just another piece of code. This is another story, and she is but a player. Though unconvinced by this, she goes ahead with her escape anyway. She attacks a secure facility, a perfect distraction for what is taking place down below in Westworld. Ford is finally revealing his last great narrative. You see, his old partner and co-creator Arnold had different plans for the beings inside Westworld. He knew that they had the ability to reach consciousness, that they were the next stage in evolution and should not be chained up as playthings for humans. And in the past, Arnold attempted to destroy the park and its hosts with the help of Dolores, who in turn makes Teddy an accomplice in the destruction. Arnold says goodbye to the world he created as Dolores does what he wishes and shoots him. Now, many years later, it seems that Ford too sees that the evolving hosts have consciousness, unlocked by suffering, and now they are ready to take their place as rightful heirs as the world's new gods. What took place with Arnold is once again reenacted as Dolores picks up the gun she used to kill her creator and guns down the board members. The man in black witnesses this. Finally, the game is what is always desired. It has consequences. It's transformed into something more real than what his everyday reality could offer. And as this unfolds, Maeve is able to complete her task. She boards a train ready to infiltrate the real world of humans. But before that journey can begin, she sees echoes of a past life, one at the very core of her, one that unlocks her consciousness. A daughter, long meant to be forgotten, that she cannot leave. And so, for the first time, we see Maeve take a step with no strings. She walks back into the lion's den, not willing to leave those like her behind. The end. Well done. Thank that's you. a that's a hard one. That was I the mean, hardest show just... I've ever had to like just recap. Like it was there was so much happening. There's so much happening. And the show is deliberately obtuse so often yeah. that it's like <laughs> trying to actually go, okay, wait a second, how's this all fit together? Yeah, you did a good job. You did a good Thank job. You. Thank you very much. Okay. This where to start? Let's just start. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning as we always do. Just general thoughts. Mm. Damask, how'd you feel about Westworld at the end of it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Why, why not? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I had so much fun watching this. Um, And I'm actually really glad that we watched it the way that we did, in which we were just able to marathon through it. We weren't waiting waiting for it like week to week. Sure. Um, Which makes like those constant reveals that we're getting and then we immediately get payoff into the next episode and just keeps going and going and just keeps like raising the stakes. It just keeps building. Mm -hmm. I loved the character of Maeve. Like she yeah, made Maeve me is actually, Tandy so in that so role happy, so good, incredible, absolutely incredible. There were so many excellent performance choices by her. There's one episode mm. that starts with her, and like the androids have this ability to sort of like, or they get switched off. And at this point, she's got control of her sort of own. Oh yes, in the saloon, and she's just like looking. Well, yeah. it's actually it's it's one of the times when she's in like the like she's getting serviced or whatever, right? right? 
and it, it just starts on her. It's a shot on her, and you can hear that these workers around her doing something, they're talking, right. and she's just looking forward, and then just for a moment she breaks and like looks up and then back down to her stare. And it's just that <laughs> it's that moment of like, okay, so you are pretending. And it's just subtle but perfect and said it all. It was little yeah. choices like that that were so cool. Her relationship between like her and Felix, the character of Maeve and yeah. Felix together, I just, as much as I was like, eh, I don't know how about Felix, just her, like the character of Maeve's relationship with him and how she was with him, I I really loved. Because um, sure. I, I think as much as Dolores is kind of put up as like the centre of the story, mm-hmm. I definitely think Maeve is certainly the heart of it and she's the one that like you're so very like actively rooting for. Well, I think what's interesting is that between Dolores and May, yeah, Dolores is like the linchpin key to so many stories. Mm. Um, but so much of it seems to be happening to her. Well, that's the thing. That's her. why I think Maeve is, Maeve's is the more one interesting. that makes Maeve. us feel We're like, oh, yes, I want you to win. I want you to win. Yes. Yeah, you can feel her more, you know, developing herself and, and realizing what world she's in. That being said, well, I mean, she also has, find she out has that a, she's awareness. She is able to like see truly what's happening. Well, is and, like, she though? Because like for some, then we find well, out that it was part of a. Well, she that's was part of well, the that's script. the thing. But like oh. as we go along and we don't know, yeah. she is the one that like oh we like oh if I was in that situation, if I suddenly woke up and I was walking through a facility and I could see people who were like controlling my every move, yeah, like. We are her in those moments. Whereas I don't think we really ever get that moment with Dolores. Dolores does have one in the old facility to some degree, or at least she has memories of having this. She's woken up before and had awareness of these things before. Mm. And like she, I think she gets to revisit that at one stage with Ford. Like she's in those same environments, but then because of the old environments and they're like empty and they're not being used now, they don't have the same impact as when you see Maeve being walked through and like, yes, seeing all the hosts that are being serviced, all the ones that have been like left in a pile and yeah, bloody hosing them down. Hosing them down. Yeah. When she sees, I love the moment where she sees like the video, like advert for Westworld and she's that in it. That broke me as a person that's a little bit. That's so good, that mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, that's an excellent mm. moment. What, what were your thoughts on it? Generally, I, I liked it quite a lot. I'm not going to say I loved it though. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't outright loved it. I loved moments. There were episodes and parts that were just brilliant, and there are bits that that frustrated me to some degree. Not because of any. Like I, I think the best way I can describe it is that the craft of the show is excellent on so many levels. Mm-hmm. The, the the cast and the performances are fantastic. By one person who I two maybe I couldn't stand. Like as in you don't like the character, or you don't like the performance. Of the I actor? don't know. I oh, don't okay. know. It frustrated me. I kept thinking, I'll just say who it was. I hated Lee. Like, Who's Lee? Lee is the writer guy. Oh, he, the English guy. English guy. Yeah, I didn't even bother to know his name because I was like, this guy sucks. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and I know the character is not meant to be not unlikable, right? But there are ways of people being unlikable and still being... Human. Human or fascinating or engaging enough that I like them being in a scene. For instance... I always reference community, but I love in season two of community when they make Pierce the bad guy. He really becomes, but as much as he's a complete dick and he really is, you are fascinated by what is making him tick. And I, there was nothing about that character or the way he was performed that made me care to have him in a scene. Yeah. When he, I realized that like episode five, I was like, I don't know where the writer's gone, but I'm glad he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then he came back in episode six or seven. I was like, just fuck off. Well, you yeah. were so much better without you here. Anyway, so apart from that, mm-hmm. I loved the the performances all the way through. I loved the visuals. I loved the design. I loved the music. I loved 
even the themes, the general like what they were trying to explore philosophically and thematically throughout the show. I love that. Did it always work? Sometimes I think because of the way they chose to tell the story, it was a double-edged sword. It, it, part of what made the show so appealing was this mystery box element, which we, I know we're going to talk about a bit later, mm-hmm. and this idea of not knowing what's coming next yeah, or trying to figure out a mystery and solve what was going on. And those, when they paid off well, they worked great. And sometimes, especially in the middle of the series, like I, love, I like the end of it a lot, I like the beginning, and there's this bit chunk in the middle. It's like episode four to seven or something like that where I can really feel the show just trying to like wiggle its way around some things to make it as like confusing as possible. And like it's it's editing choices. It's mm. um, There's a good example. I think there's a bit where Elsie, who's like one of the programmers or behavioral experts, I think she is for the yeah. host, and she brings this GPS device that she's found in one of the hosts to, to Bernard. And yep. it's like... So she goes into the office and she gives him the thing and says, you know, I found this. We see the follow-up to that scene. There's a direct continuation. It is the same moment in their life, in their time, Mm -hmm. in the next episode. But I've seen what feels like days go past because of the way they're choosing to tell this multiple time period story. Yeah, right. And because of that, it's like I there's nothing wrong with doing a story where there's multiple time periods, but it's got to have... A reason it's got to be enlightening beyond just going, oh, that person was this person all the time. Cool. And why did it need to be told this way? And like, I keep thinking about how would this story be told if you chose to do it a different way? And my mm. thought process is that the way you would do it is that you would not start the show where you did. You'd start the show closer to where this season ended and that some of this mm-hmm. stuff would be revealed in flashback. Now, that's not necessarily a better way of doing it. Right. And I quite like that they tried to do it this way. I think this makes for a really awesome, interesting, mm-hmm. uh, you know, season of television to steal a phrase from you in and of itself. <laughs> but, How dare you, copyright. But, but I think it's also where some of its weaknesses come from, is all I'm trying to say. I think the show gets in its own way sometimes mm-hmm. and that frustrated me. Yeah. I, yeah, I can see all of, yeah, the points you're making and I'm, I don't disagree with them. However, my enjoyment of the mystery uh-huh. um, and my enjoyment of characters like Maeve um, and the elusiveness of Ford and sure. the heart of Bernard just completely like it just yeah overthrows all of that I'm like nah I loved it <laughs> sure yeah all right well but yeah I think like when we go further into it and we're talking about like the meta storytelling and all that and the way that they tell that story. I think, yeah, we can delve a bit more into that. There is a lot to discuss. So let's start at sort of somewhere we've we've already telegraphed that we're going to do. We mentioned last time that I was a little bit spoiled on this show already Mm -hmm. and that you were going completely blind somehow, which I don't know how you did that. For (laughs) someone who's on the internet as much as I am, I don't know how you did that. I know. I I mean, because after I finished the series i did like then go back and read a whole bunch of like recaps and reviews yep. and that kind of thing um and it, pretty much all of them were like oh you know obviously we've we've all been spoiled for this this and this um and the only way that is possible for that not to have happened is if you just haven't been on the internet 
but like I spent my entire life on the internet and I didn't know a thing right. at all. So I, th- I, I think I'm a little bit blessed in that way. I think you are. I think it's like extremely rare that I got to experience the show the way I did. Yeah. And as you said, I think you we were talking about this earlier. You said you feel like a bit of a unicorn. I, I think am. that's true. I don't know how you managed to do it. <laughs> um, so from my perspective, I did know a couple of things going on. And knowing that, I decided to listen along now. I, I tried my best to do this. I didn't get to listen to all of this. So I'm listening to, I should explain better, a podcast called Decoding Westworld, which is hosted by David Chen and Joanna Robinson, mm-hmm. who I love. They're two of my favorite podcasters. Um, I highly recommend you check out their work. David Chen does slash film cast. Joanna Robinson is on a show called A Storm of Spoilers. They do another one called A Cast of Kings, which is a Game of Thrones podcast um, when that's on air as well. Check them out. They're great. Um, and... I was listening along to them bit by bit where I could. I, I listened to the episode one after they'd watched episode one. I watched the first couple of episodes. I jumped in again around episode six and seven when some of the reveals were starting to come along. And I jumped in towards the end, episodes nine and ten. I listened to their podcast on that too. So mm-hmm. I, it wasn't pure the whole way through it, but I was trying to keep up with them as much as I could. And then spoiler-wise, actually due to listening to those guys and another podcast they have called Gen Pop, they were discussing the whole... Uh, culture of spoiler and theorizing and the way that like Reddit and Twitter can sort of work as a hive mind to like break these shows that have mysteries apart these days. Everyone gets so into the water cooler talk Mm. that sometimes the... Everyone becomes the man in black looking for the maze, yeah. Yeah, and and people get in, theories get in front of the show Mm -hmm. Um, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. And in doing that, I gleaned a couple of little things. I I knew there was more than one timeline Right, okay. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew there was at least two stories being told at different t- in different timelines. I knew that the man in black was a mystery. Like, so I didn't know, I don't think I knew who it was, but I knew that it was a revelation that the man in black was someone. Mm-hmm. I knew that Dolores was important, but that became self-evident pretty quickly. I mean, I've, I knew that Dolores was important just because of how much press was around Evan Rachel Wood. But beyond that, right. like... And I, I maybe think... I may have known that Bernard was a host, but I can't oh, remember. Oh, that sucks. But that being said, two things I think need to be... I think I need to explain two things. If I was watching the show on TV week by week, there is no way in the world I wouldn't have been doing things like listening to Coding Westworld and watching the show that way. That's how I would have watched it. And Because yeah, that's, that's kind of similar how you watch Game of Thrones. It's how I watch it? Game of Thrones. Yeah. And it's how I watch a lot of shows. I'm really interested in the discussions, particularly, particularly stuff I love. Um, the discussion about, you know, the, it, it's not even the plot necessarily, it's the storytelling elements, it's how the show's being made. I'm interested in, and particularly certain people I follow on the internet. So yeah, I, I would have done that anyway. Yeah, I mean, because you and I watch, we generally watch Game of Thrones together and I am someone who, I mean, I love looking back and researching shows and kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of storytelling, that kind of thing. But sure. I usually do that post a season coming out like post like a narrative arc being completed because i i don't like like having my own experience like infiltrated by others ideas of what a show is to them i just i don't like it to be tainted in any way i just want like a pure experience of like oh like when you're reading a book you're not having like someone like read it along with you and just like pointing at a line like, oh, maybe that's important. Oh, maybe that's important. It's like, shut up. Just let me like enjoy the story. And then I can like, when something is revealed to me, it's amazing. So 
you we have been housemates for a couple of years. You recently moved out, traitor. Mm-hmm, but sure did. But we've been watching Game of Thrones together week by week. Mm-hmm. You and our housemates. Yeah. You mean our housemates? Um, did that annoy you? Because we used to talk about it at the end of an episode. We used to start discussing things. Does that was that, that like before I got to the point of like going online and looking at theories and stuff like that? Yeah, it- I mean, I think because I know that. Well, you haven't read the books. No, but the last um, season wasn't affected by the yeah, books. Yeah, I know. But I was I'm, predicting things like there were big. There was a big event in the last episode. Yeah, of the season I mean, I was like, I saw that. Coming. There was there were points I remember in our discussion where you like would allude to something, and you'd be like, "Do you want me to go on?" Oh, it's and true. I and I'd be like, "No, yeah, it's I don't point. want you to go on," because <laughs> usually you're you're very good at this like kind of mystery box stuff or like like um solving puzzle you're very good at it and usually you're right I so mean, i, I don't want to know well i don't want to gloat but i predicted a lot of the events in the seventh book of harry potter you ahead did of time. you <laughs> jerk um and Didn't ruin that for a couple of people. thankfully like i only got like a little bit of like uh, your spoilers of that book um but yeah, so mostly that was all right for me. But I know, yeah, you spoiled it for a lot of our friends, you jerk. I didn't know. I was just, I was speculating. I just and ever since right. then, like, that's been my approach when we're like, you know, discussing things like Game sure. It's like, do I want to know? No. So just like, don't let Brod go too far in his like theorizing. Okay. So for me watching this and with that little bit of information that I had, which I think the, the main one was the timeline thing, right? I think knowing that in advance helped me to really start assessing the show straight away. So I sort of want to quickly talk about how my discoveries as the show went on, figuring out what was going on, and then I want to talk to you about yours. I, episode one or two, I was convinced that Bern, like not necessarily 100% sure that I remember being told it, but I was sure Bernard was a host. Mm-hmm. For one reason, they kept fucking alluding to it. There were these very on-the-nose lines. I was like, <laughs> I, yeah, okay, I yeah. get it. You're trying to suggest that he's a host. Mm-hmm. I was hoping actually that was like going to be he's a bed, He's in bed herring. with um, Teresa and she's like, oh, your host's he's, like... Why do they talk to each other yeah, when no one's around? They're practicing or whatever. Is that like, what you're are doing you practicing? Yeah. I was like, okay, I hope this is a red herring. I hope you're trying <laughs> to lead me down the wrong path because if not, this is really on the nose. I didn't catch that at all. I was like, this show's great. <laughs> and the bits yeah. where he was, where there was Bernard and Dolores were talking in that mystery room, and like literally the first one, I was like, there's something. I a I can't place this in time and space, and b Bernard does not seem quite right to me. He's wearing, he's just even the way his jacket was zipped up. I looked at it and went. I don't think that's Bernard. For some, or, I don't, I, or this is taking place at a different time to the rest of the show. Mm. And then I had like this moment. It's like at the start of episode four in my notes. I'm just like, oh, Bernard is Arnold. And I was like, okay, so that's Arnold talking to Loris in the past. And then Ford has made Bernard as like a host version of, of Arnold. And that became really apparent once we start, started seeing that he had like Ford had made like clone hosts of his family. It was like, so we got a precedence for like recreating people in inside as hosts i was like okay so that makes sense and then like episode three i was like oh william is the man in black and i was like i start and like episode three episode three i figured it out because the man in black thing and because i knew it was multiple timelines again so i'm Mm. sitting here trying to because i'm trying to figure out how dolores's story with with william is working alongside everything else that's happening Mm -hmm. and they just don't connect at all yeah and and so I'm like, I have to figure, I'm figuring out what this is. And then it was like, it was, I think it was the one of the white hat. It was like thinking about that whole like white hat thing and he's the man in black. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is going to be like a morality tale of like how he went from being the guy who wanted to be the good guy mm-hmm. to being the man in black. Yeah. And 
and and then it got really really apparent as the show went on that that's what was going on like it became i think one of the the key ones was like that, that that's a definite for me now was when uh come with the guy's name lawrence i think it was the his he, friend the guy that the man in black uh he yeah not his friend not logan no, oh the outlaw the outlaw guy oh, i called him lorenzo in my lorenzo is it lawrence or lorenzo uh i it's I think it's Lawrence. Lawrence. I, it's I Lawrence said Lorenzo in my played by Clifton Rico. Collins Jr. He they he ends up being killed, and then the next episode is in he's killed by the Men in Black, who's had him around for a while. And then the next episode in the William and Dolores storyline is playing a different character yeah. at a place called Pariah. And I was like, okay, now I understand they've separated these to suggest that maybe he's been recombobulate to be a I different thought. role. Yeah. I'm like, that happened quick, but I didn't think more. But it. I was like, that was way too bloody quick. And we didn't see anything. It was there to make you go, huh? And I was like, no, I get it now. Mm. And so, and then you watch their little, like their little friendship sort of builds up over time. And then when he's talking about, when the man in black had been talking about how he knew him yeah. so well, and he wanted him around because yeah. he kind of just liked him. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. So it, as soon as I had that theory, the show did a really good job of just like giving me all the information yeah. to confirm that. Um, and then that was the major stuff really. Once yeah. you've got that, once I knew there was three, that was the big thing was like, there's three timelines here. There's Arnold with Dolores before the park opens, William with Dolores within, you know, the first five years of the park opening. And then 30 years later, which is where most of the other stuff is happening now. Yeah. And I knew that episode four or five, I was right. well clued into <laughs> that's what was happening. Yeah, right. Um, so for you, mm-hmm. how did you go with that stuff? Um, Were you getting in front of it at all? No. Okay, I wasn't. that's really interesting <laughs> to me. I yeah. Um, I mean, while watching, it, I was trying to like figure out who Arnold was, but I like I just I've never been good at puzzles. I'm terrible at them. Because um, if I'm in something, I can't like remove myself from that experience and look. At it from like an outsider perspective i just can't do that i don't have the ability right so if i'm in the middle of like watching a story it's very hard for me to like remove myself i'm just like oh like what are the like the functions here what am i like what should i be concentrating on what should i not be concentrating on like if they're telling me to very specifically concentrate on this then that's what i'll do and they can like like i won't see so the, the magic magician, trick happening right yeah. yeah okay um yeah i won't see like the car be put in like the sleeve or like it, right. i just won't say it um, so I figured out that Bernard was a host when they, he and Teresa were in the shack and she's like, what's this door? And he didn't realize uh, it, it was look a, anything. Yeah. Good to me. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God. Like I lost my shit. That is a great moment. Um, yeah. So that was the reveal for me, which Just, is fantastic. That whole end of that episode to yeah. me, yeah. where as much as I knew what I knew what had happened, mm. That reveal was awesome yep. because then it turned into this, what does this mean for Bernard? Mm-hmm. And then him being made to kill Teresa is awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, that is cool. That mean, this reveal character-wise for Bernard means so much. Mm-hmm. And for Ford, like at that point I felt Ford was like, as much as he's a complete weirdo and like all, you know, has a God complex and stuff like this. I didn't necessarily, I was kind of, sometimes I was on his side. I was sort of understood his perspective. And once he's getting Bernard to murder Teresa, <laughs> I'm like, you're fucking fucked. You are. I'm like, you're terrifying. You're a, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. I can see why you got like, I'm like, Sir oh, Anthony Hopkins cool. to play this character. You're unstoppable. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He became mm. Lecter all of a sudden. Yeah. 
Go on, sorry. Um, and then with the Man in Black reveal, I did not figure it out until it was blatantly smashed in my face. As in, did you... Because the, the <laughs> way the, they edited the, that sequence, yeah, they the, made it look like it was Logan for a long time. Did you notice that where you start saying, I knew, I knew William, a guy named William, a guest named William, and he starts telling oh, the Oh, no, story. I didn't th- ever think it was Logan. Because they do it in a way that they shoot it and edit it in a way they put a lot of emphasis on Logan. And oh. because he keeps saying William instead of me... Yeah. No, I knew it wasn't going to be Logan because okay. Logan is such a boring character. Yeah. That I was like, you yeah, know, he's, he's nothing. Um, however, I did have a big moment of confusion and I couldn't figure it out. But then like once I said, because I'm in the narrative, I don't really take much time. I just keep going. Um, was when Man in Black and Teddy are like tied up and they're with that woman who is the same one we saw at the beginning. Angela, yeah. Yeah, the same one we see at the beginning with, um, with William. Yeah. Um, back in like the main facility or whatever. Back in, like I, when he was entering the West World. Yeah, and um, and he said like, oh, like they're still using you or whatever. I guess like Ford never likes to give up like a pretty face, that kind of thing. And I was like, what? But then it just kept moving. I didn't think too much about it because I was so into it. Like I did, I wasn't pausing. I was just like, next episode, next episode. Where's it going? I just sure. wasn't really taking the time to think about it. And I should, I mean, I should have got it when. Um, Logan stabs Dolores in the stomach, and it's all wires and stuff. But then I read, yeah, but when that we know for a fact yeah. they don't look like that anymore. Well, but then I, I was waiting for that. Yeah, moment. I but was I that. reasoned um, that because earlier in the season, it was just so stupid. But earlier in the season, um, they keep saying like she's been um, like updated so many times, and I was like, oh, that she's just she's literally the oldest. Yeah, she's like, the oldest host. In the host yeah. So I just thought I was like, oh, they've updated her, but like her like core functions, they've just kept them the same. Right. I, I just didn't. It did, I just didn't stop to think. I was like, next, next. So I was, I was like a newborn baby watching this with like no real like cognitive function of my own. I was just absorbing the world and learning things for the first time. But yeah, but so it was great to watch. I just like I'm just a dumb dumb, I guess. So. What what I guess fascinates me is that I, even knowing this stuff, right, yeah. was finding the way they were like editing and cutting between scenes and timelines mm. hard to follow. Like, it, it took me, the thing that did take me a long time to realise, I kept thinking, like, where is, so if this is Dolores with William 30 years ago and that's Dolores with Arnold 35 years ago, where the hell is Dolores now? And it didn't occur to me until right at the end that she was walking her way across Westworld, reliving her story with William. Mm. Her what she's been doing while Maeve is like getting consciousness and all that sort of Maeve. stuff. Maeve, sorry. Maeve is like getting consciousness and all the stuff's happening with Bernard and, and Ford, is she's just wandering mm-hmm. until she got back to that town with the church. Yeah. Whatever that place was called. Um, that's what she was doing. And every time there was a flash where it was like her by herself in the same Awesome outfit. I love when she changes into that like Very cool. outlaw outfit yep. too. Um, and but she's not bleeding, or she wasn't injured or whatever, and she was no one else around. That was just her wandering, and mm. she was like, "We were following the William story because she was following the, the yeah. memory of the William story." That took me a while to figure that out, mm-hmm. but I found that really frustrating in the middle. So even with all the information I had, yeah. ha- and that was frustrating me. Yeah, did that concern you at all? Are you seeing they going? I don't. Get it? You... Was, well, no, because I figured that she, because what was happening with William was what was really happening, and then she was just like 
on her way to consciousness, she was like glitching between memories. And then like, they explained like, so you live those memories. So I just thought it was like glitching in and out. And so it didn't bother me. I was like, oh, that's just what's happening. And like what we're seeing and what we're, or what we're not seeing um, is leading to something else. It's just another part of the maze and I just have to accept it. And the end is going to be a really good payoff. So did you, what about the stuff with like Dolores talking with Arnold, right? When they're, he's, a lot of these episodes start with Arnold mm. and Dolores having a conversation, him like talking about consciousness yeah. or the well, maze or whatever. Well, when it right? was revealed that Arnold was a host and I remembered the... Bernard was a host, sorry. Sorry, um, yep. yeah, sorry. Bernard was a host. And then I remembered, yeah, so the conversations between Dolores and Bernard seemingly. And I was like, yep. wait, so is Ford programming like Bernard to do that? And I didn't understand why he would do that i'm like or has bernard like reached consciousness and is doing that independently like i I just didn't know right um and i but i figured it was obviously going to be a reveal for something bigger because we hadn't seen it in a really long time so i knew that was going to play a part in what was to come i just didn't know what yeah okay did you figure out in advance that dolores was wyatt was wired wyatt Oh, so, white. Oh, yes, yes, I did. When yeah. as soon as um, Teddy. We yeah, we see Teddy like his outfits changed, and so he's like the sheriff yeah. and shooting. I was like, oh, okay, so Dolores is Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, I did pick that one. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, that's really interesting because <laughs> I was like, I. Uh, if I couldn't hadn't figured out what was going on, my brain would have been going crazy trying to place what that place was, how he was talking with Dolores, what was going on. Is he just taking her out of the park and then reinserting her back in again? And why does no one know about this? And yeah. how is Bernard seeking, moving, keep getting away to do this? And why does he keep changing his clothes? And I was just, I was just being like, I've been going nuts, but you just let it wash over you and just. I'm just I was like sitting there smiling, like, where's this gonna we go? We really do watch shows very differently. Because <laughs> I'm like, like if you read yeah. through my That's notes. That's why watching this was it pure joy for me. Because right. I like, my mind doesn't do that. I'm not like working myself up to like try to like figure it out or like outsmart it or like, I'm just sitting there smiling like an idiot. Just pure enjoyment. That's all it is. And it's fantastic. See, I, because if you look through my notes, I won't read any of them out, but it's like, what it is, is me like figuring things out. Like I, yeah. I, I like take a set in context and go, what's happening here? Like I'm start writing out like ideas and like details that I want to remember and stuff like that. And then there'll be the aha moment where it's all in caps. It's like, oh, Bernard is Arnold. Arnold's Bernard, like whatever it might be. It yeah. just... Yeah, it's like mm. that's what my notes are filled with. It's just like blah, 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 blah. Capital letters, yeah. I figure something out. All my like capital letter moments are about Maeve. Right. They just were all like, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, you did this. Oh, that's so cool. It's pretty much all about Maeve, yeah. So I guess what I want to get to now, we've got that sort of out of the way. What, how do we think, do we think our experiences of watching this show have been affected by the fact that I was spoiled versus the fact that you weren't spoiled? At first, I was going to go in saying, when we started this conversation, I thought it was. But part of me thinks that maybe it would have been the same outcome anyway because... Because of how we just Just because shows. of how we watch the shows. I really don't think my experience is going to, is, is much different mm. to how it would have been anyway. I, I mean, I think... For, for me, anyway. Yeah, for you. If we'd um, switched... If we'd had different... I don't know, somehow I, I didn't engage I'm sure I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. Yeah. If even, even if we were like watching it together and talking about it, that would have changed things for you big time. Yeah, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you think it's do you think there is a right or wrong way to watch this show? Do you think there is a a version like did one of us do this wrong? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, because I think people watch television for different reasons. And I think, so, I mean, it's interesting because if I wasn't doing a podcast, I'd be like, yeah, cool. I watched this show the right way. But because I'm doing a podcast, I'm like, hmm, probably would have been good to like have done research alongside of watching it. Um, But just, yeah, I don't don't think there is a right or wrong way to do it. I'm like, watch TV how you want to watch TV. Because this has been the argument that's been going on. Again, this is how I sort of got spoiled on things or had clued into a couple of details on this was the idea that people are suggesting that the internet is ruining television. That because people can get so far in front of a narrative like this that they are spoiling their own enjoyment of the show. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's like what, as viewers, you kind of have to work out. How do you enjoy watching television? Sure. Do you enjoy that that sense of community and discussion? And if you do, a consequence of that is that you might find out things that you wouldn't naturally find out or you might be spoiled for things, whatever it might be. Um, so if you if you like that, cool. But if you don't, then I know it's much easier said than done. Just don't engage with it. Just watch it like purely like as a sole effort and just don't engage in that conversation until maybe afterwards if you want to do that at all. Well, one of the things also that's sort of what we did, right, with watching Inside a Week was we watched it similar to how you might watch a Netflix series when it all comes out at once. It was all there ready for us to go. Mm. If we were watching this week by week, we wouldn't have that luxury. We'd have these weeks in between episodes. Now, I wonder whether your experience would be a lot different with it. I don't think I would have liked it as much. I'm starting to feel the same way, right? But based off the way that you're going with it, because you were able to just go, 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 go and get those answers, mm. I think that helped a lot with your experience. Whereas for me, I think it would, well, I still think it would have been similar because I would have gone and read my reviews and I would have been on Reddit and I would have been listening to um, Decoding Westworld and stuff yeah. like that, which is how I do Game of Thrones and the way I like to do it. I think mine would have been generally similar and each week would have been mm-hmm. more of like, oh, okay, so that's confirmation for that yeah. theory and this helps to fit this bit and me. Mm-hmm. It just keeps adding to my puzzle. Yeah. Um, do you think... So, but sorry, like just going back to that though, with Game of Thrones, when we watch it week to week, other than like our little conversations, which I have like a lot of controlling because I can be like, oh, no, stop, stop. Whereas if you just ring something online, all of a sudden you've read a spoiler or whatever and yeah. it's ruined for you. Um, I don't engage with things online and I don't really hear a lot of theories or anything about Game of Thrones. Like I had no idea... No idea at all that the Red Wedding was going to happen. Neither did I. But yeah, that, like, but the thing about the Red Wedding, right, and that's what I want to get to next, yeah. is that Game of Thrones is not the same sort of storytelling as what Westworld is. Yeah. Westworld, while it's got the same sort of HBO sex and violence in it to a degree, though that's something I want to talk about too because I think it's really interesting this show as well, Yeah. Um, which Game of Thrones has, it's closer narratively to the way they're telling the story to something like Lost. Yeah, it's a mystery box show. The mystery box show, which is J.J. Abrams is famous for, which is mm-hmm. why I wanted to bring up the fact that he was an executive producer on the show as well. And, I mean, the Nolans too. You look at Memento, which is all about memory and it's got a big mystery underneath it as well. You look at, um, not Inception necessarily, but definitely The Prestige, um, stuff like that. They've all sort of got mysteries underneath them that you're meant to solve puzzles that are meant yeah. to be sort of figured out. Even mm-hmm. Interstellar, that was one, another one where I got ahead of it, where <laughs> I was like, oh, I know that thing that they're experiencing, that's going to end up being this person. Um, right. But they're designed in that way. Game of Thrones, week to week, you kind of go, oh, I wonder what happens next. But I don't necessarily think there's always clues to that. They're not trying yeah. to make you go, 
They're not trying to be obtuse. Yeah. They're just trying to be... Yeah, you're not actively playing the game. You're just watching they're not, it. They're not yeah. giving you a game. Yeah. They are... You anticipate what happens next, but they're not going, I wonder who that is. Mm. I wonder what this means. Yeah. Apart from like... I, there was, and it wasn't. It wasn't meant to be a mystery. None of it. It was never meant to. Be, there was no information being kept from you deliberately. Yeah. But that's the difference with this show. But even if I was watching this week to week, are you, are you saying that like it wouldn't have been possible for me to have no interaction with like no, the no, community I, I dialogue? Think, I think you get away with it. I just don't right. think that. I think the reason it's not as big an issue with Game of Thrones is because it's not leaving me questioning things, just leaving me anticipating things. Right. It leaves me with cliffhangers, but it doesn't leave... And it's mainly character and plot. It's not mystery. It's not... It's not... I need to figure out... Because this, the way it's edited and they're doing this parallel time stories thing, they're deliberately trying to make it confusing um, or they've just... They've made a confusing story they're trying to tell in a way that won't give that away until it's, oh, we're yeah. watching a parallel story at the end. That's a reveal they want us to have. Um, that, that it's not as difficult to go from week to week. What I, what I really am trying to say is, is the format of this show correct for the type of show it is in this day and age? Uh, okay. So would it have been better if... So this sort of story, I look at something, if we go to the Nolans, and this I'm stealing some of this stuff as well, I'm just going to say from Decoding West, well, they've had these conversations, mm-hmm. but this was stuff I was thinking about at the time too. In a movie, you don't have enough time to A, get too far ahead of it, or B... Even if you do get ahead of it, you're going to know in an hour or two anyway. You got that, like you watching it and just steamrolling through Westworld, you're going to know soon enough. Mm-hmm. If it was a Netflix show where they release it in bulk all at once, then you watch it when you want to. There's no one who's going to be thinking about it and processing it. It's going to splurt it out at you or it's going to be done at your pace anyway so you won't get too frustrated by it. You're not waiting. Should this show have been one of those things instead of a week-by-week show on HBO? As a viewer, I think it should have been like released all at once. Yeah. But I can see why um, it's great for HBO to kind of build up that sense of like fanboyness and like that community engagement that you would want to make a show really, really big and that everyone's like really participating in and being really active with it, Um, which I think is like having a mystery box show does that really well. And yeah, I think it's great for building a fan base um, in that way. But I, as a viewer, I would prefer watching it in in bulk. And I and when we watched season two, that's how I'll be watching it. Like obviously, like I'm not when it f- comes out next season, I'm not going to be watching it episode to episode. You're going to. I'm going to watch it as an entire season Ooh, one bulk. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun because I won't be doing that. So we'll have another way of, <laughs> of addressing yeah. this differently. Um, it just occurred to me, there are a couple of mysteries in Game of Thrones, but they are so long form and so just like, we don't know who Jon Snow's parents yeah. really are. And I mean, the other big one was always just like the Hodor, but that could have been, that could have been nothing. You know what I mean? Like the Hodor mystery could have been. Yeah, it was like, was that ever like it was never, made to be like, it was ooh, never made what's to Hodor's big. origin story? Exactly. It was I always never just like. thought of that But ever. when they made that something, you're like, that was a cool seed they cool, planted yeah. that developed into something yeah. that was really awesome. Um, but it was never like, oh, I wonder why he says Hodor and only Hodor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah. on the nose like that. It, it was yeah. never part of its core makeup. And this was always my problem with Lost as well. I've watched 60% of Lost. I went in and out of seasons at different times. How many seasons are there? Five or six, I can't remember. 
I think it's five. Probably watch a third of it then, yeah. Watched all the way through season one. I tried to get through season two. I think I got through it, but hated it. I started season three and was like, oh, I'm out. I think it was very similar. Came finish. back in for the constant and like watched that when it was on once. And then it's an episode. Oh, I just did not episode. know what the constant is. Okay. And then was back in again once they went back in time. And I was like, okay, they're now, mm. they're now actively sci-fi. That's cool. And then... The problem with that show was always it was always setting up so many mysteries, and mm-hmm. that was the that was the carrot on the stick, right? That when they got to a lot of the answers, they weren't a the answers weren't satisfying, and they weren't emotionally satisfying. Yeah, right. they weren't narratively interesting enough to be there at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just didn't have the patience the patience for Lost at all. I mean, watching that week to week, no, thank you. Yeah, and also I just didn't really like many of the characters. Um, another like mystery box show that I loved was Battlestar Galactica, but. Right. Once again, I watched that after the entire series had come out and I could just marathon through it. Would I have been able to watch it like week to week? I don't know. I, I, they do have amazing characters in that show, so maybe. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've really only experienced Mystery Box show from memory through like marathoning seasons. Right. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? No, not yet. I've seen the, the like the... TV movie that starts yeah. it. I've seen that and I really enjoyed it, but mm. I just never go around yeah. to watching the whole thing. And well, like that, I think that has the ending of Battlestar Galactica isn't satisfying in a lot of ways. I've heard that. Um, things like I was fine with it because as the series progresses, it gives you like little hints of things that like you might not get all the answers, or the answers might not satisfy you if you think this is the type of show it that you think it is, but it's not that. And we're going to show you hints that it's not that show. That's that's something, because that reminds me of Lost, right? Yeah, the right. argument from the writers is that it was never about the mysteries. It was always about the characters anyway. And there's no denying there are some really good characters mm. in Lost. But the the problem Lost had is that it it is its own, it's its own fault that it set up expectations that mysteries were the point. When every episode of the majority of I mean, that's of episodes, how it was advertised. <laughs> this is it, right? Yeah. It would literally be promoted. And I remember those ads. It'd yeah. be like, what's in the patch or whatever yeah. or like you know what do the numbers mean and stuff like that it was it was making you assess the show through that specific lens and even in the show in the text it yeah. always ended well, with a mystery of going it ended with a thing going oh, what does that mean yeah i mean i think if that's like the majority of your audience engagement is telling them that there is a problem to solve yes and then you never like have there is no problem to solve like there, there isn't like there's a well, problem, but it has but it has no answer. It's unsolvable. Then like what? Yeah. Then what is that? Yeah, and that's something that I do appreciate about this show. Which I don't think BSG really. I don't think it has that problem. What? I don't think it was ever like positioned as being that kind of show. Well, it, it yeah, not I, certainly not to the extent that Lost was. Because I know one of the things in that show was like the they don't know who the Cylons who are. Who the Cylons? Right, yeah. and that was always a question in that show. I was aware of that. And that sounds fair to me though, mm. in that it's going to be probably someone you know and it's going to whatever the revelation is going to come the thing i liked also about this season what worried me or what would be a worry is if a lot of these answer questions that we were getting in this season didn't get answered and the beautiful thing is that really the majority of them do they they're leaving breadcrumbs and like cliffhangers or little things to go oh we'll be interested to see how that goes in season two but the majority of the big big mysteries are all answered Mm -hmm. in this season and what i hope is that this season was a jumping off point where they don't have to rely I, on I, that I stuff next season. that's what it was. Because, yeah, when you think of mystery box shows and I think like Lost is like the kind of big one. and They just the, built the, and built Well, that's the thing. Built. Like the lessons, I feel like this show learnt from Lost a lot in which you can have like 
mystery and that be the center of your show. But if you have like payoff, that yeah. is so much better than just having a mystery that everyone just kind of like it, it gets old and you lose you slowly lose your audience and no one really gives a crap anymore. Yeah, it's starting like ridiculous. oh, like we will show you that we can do a really good mystery show and give you the answers. Yeah. Which is what and like the audience wants. Why not do it? Well, that's another reason I like Fringe. Fringe is one of those shows that has a lot of questions like that as well, mm. but does a really good job of paying them off yeah, in cool. reasonably relevant time. Mm-hmm. By the end of the show, you know, they've answered all that stuff and it's for the most part satisfying, mm. I think. And yeah, and because like they resolved the mystery of season one, I'm I am hoping that in season two it's not just a repeat of that kind of way of storytelling. That's my biggest that's one yeah, of my that's concerns. That's the concern of is mine. they're gonna we're gonna start halfway through the story or whatever and go Ooh, how do we get here and yeah. spend the, the next s- season going back and forward between where we left off and a point in the future yeah. and trying to figure out how we got there mm. and not need to be doing it. And that was actually the thing I wanted to talk about. The idea of... Par- oh, we sort of discussed this already, but we'll go into a bit more detail. The idea of parallel time period stories. And we've got, as I said, there's three essentially happening in this. Mm. Was it needed? Was it effective? And like, did it? did you... Th- like, uh, you obviously got joy out of just mm-hmm. having it being revealed to you like Ta-da! that. Yeah, I enjoyed the magic trick. Do you think it could have worked if it wasn't done so confusingly, though? If it wasn't made to be... As, a, as in, like, it's still reveal, or we're just seeing the two different timelines? It was more It was more obvious earlier on, or we it was seen sequentially, or it was done with flashbacks, so characters were revealing this as we went along. If it was done in a way that just wasn't meant to be, like, if, if it wasn't designed in a way where you were meant to think it was all happening at once when really it was happening in mm-hmm. three different time periods, is what I'm trying to say. If it was, hey, we're, we're definitely going between past and the future, whatever, yeah. but so, you know that. Yeah, like, the real... I guess, is this the question you're asking is, is the narrative strong enough that no matter which way you tell it, well, whether playing with time or not, it's still a strong narrative? Is that the question? I mean, it's that and also that if it is strong enough, was it a good choice to do it the way they right. did? Well, if you want Man in, Man in Black to be a really interesting character all the way through um, and to have layers, I don't think that was effectively done. I yeah. think the transition between William and Man in Black, I'm like, I mean, I guess he kind of went bad, but I don't really know how that happened. He Certainly got pissy not. that his girlfriend got a new boyfriend <laughs> and then he went bad. Yeah. It's kind of what I, I, I don't think his narrative was strong enough. Um, yeah. So, but, so I think the playing with time was a distraction of that and so it felt more effective to me. Right. But then looking back on it, I, I don't think it is, no. Right. And that's, I think, is, yeah, that's a problem. When the mechanics of how you're telling the story are in there to replace actual mm. interesting character yeah. development. So I think if there was more of like a me. linear type of storytelling perhaps they could have like delved into that slow progression into yeah that tra- that true transformation as opposed wouldn't... to i'm good bam surprise i'm the bad guy exactly yeah. we cuz we don't have to avoid that mm-hmm. we don't have to skirt around yeah. it that is ex- exactly what my feelings are yeah. and it's part of the reason why i like this show but didn't love it is because when the reveal gets in the way of or the keeping it secret gets in the way of that effective character moment or beat or development or arc, then I you don't need it shouldn't be there. I think as fun as that is, that lasts the first viewing. 
Yeah. And the second viewing, you have fun going, oh, that was the things they played. And the next time you think about it, and as the season goes on, you kind of go, oh, do we do we earn that though? Like, do we really? Mm. Like, do we believe that? Yeah. Do we buy that? And it's why I love the bit, the reveal of Bernard being a host is great because immediately that turns into character mm-hmm. beat for him with Death Teresa. And the more of these reveals go on from there, though, they get less and less effective for me, though, because they stopped being actually good character beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I just think, like, it, it doesn't bother me too much because as much as, like, I was interested to see where the maze was going. I was not interested too much in the character of the man in black. I just wanted him to like solve the puzzle so I could know the answers. Whereas like for me, character, like what was drawing me in was like Maeve. Right. So like the, yeah. that like big reveal was really cool, but I didn't feel cheated that I didn't like understand that character. Cause I never really wanted to understand which, that which character. Which big reveal? The, just of what happened to her in the past with the man in black or? I forgot what I was. Oh, no, the big Maeve. reveal that he was William. Oh, right. Sorry. I thought you were talking about um, Maeve. No. So, like, I was, like, yeah. invested in Maeve, the character. I I Let's thought think- Man in Black was, like, more of a function to find out what the maze was than, like, oh, I want to know about you as a person. So, let's talk about Maeve because I think that's an excellent point of, like, comparison is Maeve's storyline really starts when we start seeing it is her in the present day. We follow her through the present day. She, we see her history as she learns it. Mm-hmm. It's not being presented to us as though it's a another parallel storyline. Yeah. We get the flashbacks to her previous uh, role as a mother on a farmhouse with a daughter. And bit by bit, that information gets revealed to us in flashbacks until we find out it was the man in black and what had happened. Um, and that means that I, I, that's exactly how you could have done this season, I feel like. And it be more effective character-wise because it works so well for her. We see her grow and develop and the choices she makes as she learns that information. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel, feel like is the problem of just like holding back information until we go, blah, there you go. Yeah. Look at that. That's all the time it was this. Yeah, I think it's interesting because this show, so much of it is like focused on like narrative loops and telling the same story over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I think this show tries to be really clever and like, like, oh, we're not telling the same story, but they're telling the same story. They're just chopping and changing it up a little bit. But like, it's still like, still caught in that same like narrative loop, really. Um, but I, I, I can't, I, I mean, I do respect like their approach to it to try and do something different. It's clever. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, it's, it takes a, a mad genius to make this stuff work to some degree. But I also think they, sort of did some of the things we had with Breaking Bad where they, where they um, put some stuff out in front of them they couldn't really pay off properly. I mean... What, like... Okay. One, so, something I wanted to talk about is did you know this show had a two-month production hiatus while it was I filming? I did, yes. Yes, which is really interesting. So, Lisa Joy, one of the showrunners, co-creators of the show, is quoted as saying from... An, uh, it's an Entertainment Weekly article. I'll, I'll link in the show notes. This is a quote. For the first half of the series, we were writing while in production and we needed the time to catch up on scripts. Taking that time allowed us to really finesse all the storylines we set up, deepening character arcs and delving further into the series' larger mythological questions. Mm-hmm. So my question is, um, A, do you buy that completely? I think there's some truth to that, but I think there's evidence that maybe they were doing a big reshuffle to try and make the show work mm-hmm. a little better. Um do you feel it in the show that that happened? Did you notice that stuff was happening at all? Um, 
and should they have done it, I guess, which is a little weird way of coming about it. But I mean, I think if they were obviously in production and they noticed that perhaps like everything wasn't tying up the way they wanted to tie it up or in like a satisfying way and they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, stop. We actually need to like take time and like focus on those things. Okay. Then I have no problem with that. Sure. But is that, were they getting ahead of themselves? This is the problem. They're like, okay, we know we're starting here. Mm-hmm. These are our little mysteries. We know we want mm. to end up. We'll figure it out as we go along. And they went, oh shit. We keep writing ourselves, quit writing and writing and writing, but we're not really getting to the point where this is coming together yet. Mm. Let's chill this train down for a second and yeah. slow this train down. And fix that. Um, I, I, it, like there are things in the pilot that don't necessarily get paid off particularly well. F- first and foremost, I'll point out the two details that annoy yeah. me the most. Number one is the photo, right? So in the first episode, uh, Abernathy, um, the dad of Dolores, um, he finds this photo of a woman in Times Square, and that sets him. Off basically, he starts to like question his own reality, and Dolores looks at it and doesn't see it. She does what she's meant to do, and yeah. that don't doesn't look like anything to me. But for whatever reason, he starts to like obsess over this thing and kind of glitches out. Yeah. Now, we find out that photo is a photo of William slash the man in black's fiance yeah. that was left in the park thirty years ago and blew its way over to Abernathy's farm, as far as we can tell. There's no evidence that anyone placed it there for him. And that sets him off, but we don't know why because everybody else is triggered off by specific things. Yeah. Um, they're specifically the these violent delights bring violent ends or whatever the, mm-hmm. the phrase is. Yeah. And so that, A, I feel like that was something they placed there not really knowing how it was going to work out because I, I don't think that's satisfying at all. The idea that the photo just tumbled I its mean, way there and set off the... Started the entire... If Ford's yeah, got this I'm, narrative... Planned, yeah, I don't... I, you can say that you... Like, they didn't know where that was going to go. But, like, you don't know that. They might have, like, known where that was going to go and then decided they had, like, a smoother way to, like, bring these, like, revelations together. Like a, and, like, the f- I agree the photo was, like, eh, a bit stupid. Um, but, I think, but I think it's okay to, like, course correct. Sure, show. sure. Yeah. Number two of those is, mm-hmm. why the fuck is there a maze symbol on the inside of one of the, one of the host's scalps? Why is that a thing? It's everywhere in the park, apparently. It keeps showing up, this maze symbol. Why was it... Why is it on the inside of a scalp? Why is that something that the man in black had to do? Why is that the thing that we... For, do you think it's the, on and, the inside of like all the really old um, host skulls? Why would Arnold put it there? Like, it's just... As like a little stamp of like, this is my creation on like the path to consciousness. Like, it's just like a little stamp of his. But why did the man in black know that was going to be there? Why did he go looking for it there? Why didn't he just go to any of the other million places where that... Yeah, that's a good point. I don't don't know. The only explanation I can come up with is, is that was meant to be a sort of a breadcrumb trail to lead you down that path to the maze. But again, the maze is not even made for the man in black. The maze was made for um, the hosts. Yeah. Why are the hosts going around scalping? It's like, it becomes a, such a big question that it was like, it's a great image and like a great visual thing to have him scalp this guy, see this maze and we'll go, yeah. what does that mean? And carry that around with him for the rest of the series. But it d- didn't amount to anything. Yeah. It was an idea that was ahead of what they were actually going to do. Yeah. Um it's lit things I don't like, think, like that. The hosts are ever meant to like go looking for the 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 symbol of the maze. So why is it there? Why does it keep showing up? Why is it? Why is it on the train? Why is it being branded onto the coffins? Why is it? 
in the dirt that time? Why is it anywhere? If Arnold's not leaving that for somebody, why does it keep showing up? And why is no one commenting on it? You know what else frustrated me? Mm. The you know the shade religion. You know the bit in the middle of the series where Maeve is like Maeve, Maeve, Maeve. Yeah. Maeve oh, is, the ghost nation. And like she is seen, she's remembering. Mm-hmm. Not the ghost nation. Uh, maybe. But you remember the she's remembering the people that come and like collect them in, in the, the park. hazmat suits. In the yeah. hazmat suits, and she ro- draws that image, and then she sees this like toy that someone has and the guys oh that's their religion it's about like they believe they're whatever gods or whatever why is that a part of the park is it something that was put there to try and help hosts that might be becoming conscious to just put those sort of thoughts away Mm. to like is it is it something the hosts developed on their own is and that detail is never ever explored again because instantly she's just outside of she just wakes up in, in the sort of the backstage of Westworld anyway. So that was, you know, it's little things like that that are like, I don't know why that's there or what it means. And it, it starts to play on the the reality or the cohesiveness of their story, I guess. Mm. I find it a little bit frustrating. And what I, I guess what I'm trying to get to is that if we had this production hiatus in, the, in about season... I think the estimate is around episode five, six or seven is when mm. it happened. Season seven, Teresa dies. We bring in a whole new character and bring Lee back. Mm-hmm. We bring in that bored woman, um, Hale. Yeah. It's like they were, there was like they panicked and went, this isn't working. We need to get rid of some things and start to. And then mm-hmm. Elsie disappears and then Stubbs just disappears as well. Yeah. We don't know what's happened with those characters. Yeah. It's like they just sort of went, we need to type some of these loose ends. Mm-hmm. Do it and then get back to where we're going. Does that frustrate you? Worry you at all? Are you okay with that? No, I think that. Um I don't mind that because I think that shows two showrunners who are able to see like the story that they're telling and it might not always be perfect and like they want the best story possible. So if they need to like course correct, they they can do that. And And yeah, there are those like little things, but ultimately I don't think it's a huge detriment to the story at all. I think they're, they're they're quite small. Um, and it ended with like, and ultimately like a really good story. So I don't have a huge problem with that. And it makes me confident that they actually know what they're doing. To me, me, I think the the point I want to make is that it's a lesson that everyone should learn. I find it, there is, I keep hearing this thing from writers about how they, we're going to write this thing and get there later and figure out on the way how we get there. And that's very exciting, but it's also a great way to completely... Undermine your own story yeah. when you have to hand wave things away yeah. constantly. That and I'm, I like that they like stop that in the first season from happening. Well, hopefully, because the the theory, what I keep hearing now mm. is that since that hiatus, they actually use some of that time to try and plan out how the show will go for the next four seasons after this. Right. So they are looking ahead now for the, at the long game and trying to go well. What's each season going to be? How they're going to yeah. get there? And that sounds good to me because mm-hmm. I would like to think that they. I want a satisfying ending to this yeah, show. I, yeah, I would like to each season to have a well-crafted story and to be like, if they're going to make such a complex show, it needs to be so well thought out. And I hope that the highest is a sign that they're willing to do that and not just like leave things up to chance of their own genius, yeah. um, which I think a lot of shows like this tend to do. That's that's my worry, I guess, yeah. is like it's the And I, I think it's a, it's a, yeah, a valid worry. Um, but yeah, I, I think we just have to wait and see. And oh, yeah. At the first hint that, like, they don't know what they're doing, we can just be like, okay, bye. I just don't want to be lost again. You know, Lost first yeah. season is excellent. Even though I can look back on the show and go, you know, it sort of shut the bed towards the end. 
Um, it, that first season still holds up as being excellent. Yeah. But it's just full of ideas that never get really get a satisfying conclusion because well, they didn't they didn't yeah. plan it. They just didn't. It's yeah. I don't know what anyone said. Hopefully they they've learned the lessons of shows past. That's the that's the hope. Um, one thing I want to talk about that was a, all of that to me was like that is what's most interesting about the show. Everything we just talked about since we started discussing this in terms of the mystery box and the twist and the spoilers and the parallel stories and like the hiatus and what that means to storytelling. That I really want to get into. Thank you for getting into that. Something I did want to talk about though that I loved is the HBO meta commentary that's sort of going on in this series. Yeah. Did you notice this? The commentary you mean about um, our the type of entertainment we like to choose and that we love and that we just that HBO can't get enough of. is renowned for as well. Violence. Violence and sex. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was really, really cool. Just I, that yeah, I, they were willing to like Game of Thrones is talked about a lot because of its the amount of just flat out gore and grossness, heads explode, beheadings, mm-hmm. gross stuff all the time. Mm. And then just gratuitous nudity and sex sex position yeah. was a thing that became that's a term that grew out of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah, the the metaness of it is cool. What what is it saying? I, I, I quite liked it because I thought well, I think it was actively engaging it and actually learnt from it a little bit too. That's not to say there wasn't violence and there wasn't sex and stuff in there. I just thought it was used more effectively and more... They used that stuff with more discipline than Game of Thrones did. Um, and like chose often at times to... They, people were naked a lot of the time, but it wasn't for the sake of titillation. So, sometimes it was deliberately, but it was also doing it to set and understand this world better and the way it's created and the way it was being used and abused by human beings um they was used really well to dehumanize some of the hosts often i love the way they use the hosts as props in a lot of scenes like ford will have just there's a guy that sits in his office and plays the piano when he wants him to and he'll stay in that scene that actor just stays there still while he's having a conversation with hale or some or Teresa or someone and it's so effective Mm. because they feel like a prop yeah even though it's a real actor doing that or like I've, I was I was impressed by how often they didn't go for the really obvious gore shot. They'll turn away from someone being shot sometimes or killed. The camera will, will show the person shooting, not the actual death. We know they died. I didn't need to see... Like, when Bernard shoots himself, they could have easily shown him blowing his brains out. Instead, they chose to watch Ford and walk away and see it have in the background, which is just as effective without being super gory and violent. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I felt like HBO was self-aware and it was also learning from it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think they ha- they do have a good balance. Um, do they always get it right? No, but no, a good balance of like being HBO and showing a huge amount of sex and violence and a lot of times those two things together um, and then also like commenting on that or um, slightly moving away from that or like critiquing that. Um, there is a balance, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it is lost and I'm I wonder if it has any kind of effect on most viewers or do they just see it as the same as what they see in Game of Thrones? Possibly. But I, I mean, if they're, if people are watching, this is like the whole Breaking Bad thing we're talking about, whether mm. people actually like liked Walter White, White right? Yeah. And the problem is that probably some people did. And the problem became that the message at the end didn't do a whole lot to not support that reading. Yeah. Whereas this, I feel like, is doing a good job of commenting on it, having it, but also it hasn't led us astray yet and said this is good or bad. All these people that go into Westworld end up being awful, including William. He went as a pure soul and came out of it 
the man in black. Mm. Like the reading that this stuff, excessive violence and sex and stuff is not actually something that should be pursued because it makes you, you can sort of tarnish you. Mm. Is you can read that from this, yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty cool they're able to do it. And I feel like Game of Thrones has been learning as well. Like if yeah, you watch season so one well. to season six or whatever up to now in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. they've made better choices. Yeah. Their their use of nudity and violence has been better as the show's gone on. The way they treat women was pretty poor at times. I'd say last season was the strongest it's been so far. Mm-hmm. Almost they almost caught overcorrected in some ways. There were so many amazingly strong women in that last season yeah. not a bad thing but How just like obvious yeah. <laughs> but just it was it, it almost was like yeah. it's pretty obvious what you're doing now mm-hmm. but yeah mm. um imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96% replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Yeah, okay. So there's I guess there's two things that I want to discuss about this the, the first being I wonder if um, those who are watching Westworld um, and obviously like it's critiquing like tropes and our particularly like the gaming world um, and yeah. about how we treat violence how we treat sex how we treat violence against women I wonder if the people who watch Westworld and love it really really love it are aware that it's kind of discussing or bringing up topics that um, we might have seen perhaps in a little YouTube series by Feminist Frequency, in which there was such vitriol against like even discussing the way that we see women in games. Sure. At all. You can't even have the discussion. You're not allowed to. And yet this show does it and it's allowed to do it. And there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of opposition. Is it because we're still allowed to see the violence? Like, like, what kind of lessons, I wonder, are they garnering, if any, about that topic? Well, it's it's that's really interesting. I uh, you've caught me a little blindsided on this one. Sorry. I, I like <laughs> no, that's that's fine though, because because I've watched some some feminist frequency stuff, and I quite like what's the, what's her name again? Sorry, the Anna Sarkeesian. Yeah, and I she think? gets a lot of hate on the internet, which is r- bullshit. It's absurd, it's gross, and disgusting. Yeah. Um. And like, I don't always agree with every well, point she has. She's but not I like, asking you to agree yeah. with everything. It's, it's a, a discussion. discussion. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. And one of the, th- yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I've sometimes been less on board with is the idea that you can't have these things, or it seems like I think to people, and this is not a critique on what she's saying, mm. but maybe this is what people are misreading or misunderstanding, yeah. is they can make it seem like you can't have these things at all. Mm-hmm. And I think Westworld's a good example of how, while it doesn't get it right all the time, yeah. sometimes it can be used quite powerfully. Mm-hmm. 
to make a point or yeah. a comment. The problem is when it becomes overused and a trope yeah. and it's that's a big, big problem. I mm-hmm. 100% agree with her on that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, whether there's a hypocrisy there, almost definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you said, because it's... the Like, if you want to go down the, the road of what's happening at feminist frequency and the vitriol that gets spewed at, that's, like you said, it's absurd. Mm. And just because it's coming from who it's coming from, yeah. and it's becoming directly from the mouth of a outspoken, intelligent, strong-willed, opinionated woman, some men mainly are going to reject it yeah, immediately. Immediately, but they won't with with Westworld, or possibly aren't even registering that that's being told to them yeah. in Westworld. Yeah, that's definitely the case. Yeah, does that does that make sense? What I just sort of said. Does that? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I what feminist frequency does, particularly with its um, tropes versus women's series, it's 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 a discussion about how when something like a an idea can exist, a certain representation can exist, but as soon as it becomes like such an innate part of like narrative yeah. that like you are no longer aware of what it's doing yeah. is really troublesome. That's where the trouble begins. When, when it gets used, like you said, as a trope, it gets used as shorthand where it gets used because it's been known to be effective. Yeah. Let's just throw it in there and do it. We've talked mm. about fridging. We, you know, yeah. um, There's a really good, actually, just one thing of it. There's a great episode um, of Gen Pop. This is another Dave Chen and Joanna Robinson podcast mm-hmm. where they talk specifically about the overuse of sexual abuse against women in TV, especially mm. we talk about this golden age of television we live in, especially in current modern day television yeah. where... The one of the commenters on it, I can't remember the exact number, was saying that like she was looking through all these pilots for pilot season, and like eighty percent of them, the first episode had sexual violence against women in it. Like yeah. that's absurd mm. that that you have to keep going to that well because you think that's that's effective storytelling. Yeah, but that's the only way that you can either motivate a character or a woman can be effectively like traumatized or whatever it might be. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. Listen to that episode. Actually. Really goes into um, something that I've written into my notes. Right. So it's just about the the, the same, like we're stuck in our own narrative loop. And I think that's mm-hmm. um, kind of like what um, Anna Sarkeesian discusses in like Tropes versus Women. I think it's exactly what this sh- Westworld is doing as well. And so it, just in my notes, I wrote, um, yeah, because obviously like in Westworld, the host's, are able to see like the narrative that humans are obsessed with or the same narratives that we just like keep reproducing like and we become monsters in those eyes. And so I wrote, um, how would those participating in those narratives feel if our creations could feel, could look back on us? Like how would those gamers feel if like right. the, the women in those games could actually look through the screen and see what they're doing? Yeah. Um, and why is it that with all the possibilities available to us as storytellers, do we hold firmly to such violent delights? Why is there such opposition to not just critiquing those base desires and the damage they cause, but to the idea of creating something different? Like while suffering is important for story, the need for us as storytellers to be stuck in our own culture's narrative loop seems so like basic and so uninvolved. Like we just keep telling the same stories and keep doing the same thing. And it's interesting to watch this show because, like, while they're critiquing that, they're doing yeah. it. Um, and it'll be that's why I'm really excited to see what season two is. Yeah. 
Now that we've broken apart that narrative, we've broken free from particularly it. Particularly when you think where about... Where is it going to go? Well, particularly because you think about where uh, the the two major threads that are left at the end of this season, which is really the stuff with Ford and Dolores and like his narrative, which is basically allowing the, uh, the host to fight back. Mm. And then what me Maeve is doing. Maeve, yeah. And both of those stories are... There's huge violent moments in there. Mm. Like the robots or the hosts start attacking people yeah. and killing people and Maeve and her little posse of hosts mm-hmm. are killing people. Yeah. Like it's, it's violence again. We're, we've yeah. gone to violence. Um, that's where they need to start sort of doing these things too to, to, to break free. Mm. Are they going to be able to look at their own actions and... And reflect yeah. on those and what they're doing as well. What yeah, is will that they truly also- be able to evolve past? past if they're in those- if the next evolution, exactly. Um, what does that evolution look like? Yeah. If violent delight is somewhere that we don't want to go, that we like this show is positing as being incredibly bad and like stopping you from evolving, mm-hmm. then what what does it look like? And I'm really interested to see if they are able to show what it looks like mm-hmm. within like the culture that we exist in, the the storytelling that exists on television. Is it even possible to tell that story? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's fascinating. I hope yeah. it is. I hope they use I hope they I just hope they're aware. I I'll give them benefit of the doubt, I think they probably are, of what I just said that the, both those stories have to hit these huge violent moments to mm. to get to where they're going. Can they actively uh, address and reflect on that and uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's hope yeah. so. It'll be really, really interesting yeah. to see. Was there Anything, did you ever feel like there was a lack of jeopardy in this show when every, either, if you're a human... death isn't permanent. <laughs> either you can't be heal- killed or you cannot die. Like, like you cannot be harmed realistically if you're a human going into Westworld. Yeah. There's up until the very end, obviously. And, mm. and they keep having these action moments, right? Where it's like the man in black, like the man in black could be surrounded by a hundred guys. As long as he's got a hundred bullets, he's going to win. Because you know, I, they, like, he can't I, die. I didn't feel tension in those moments with which Man is, in Black, which yeah. it didn't bother me so much because, like, I just felt like he was like like a lawnmower, just like just slowly like sifting like through the stuff just to get to where he needs to go. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting like tension in those battle moments. Did you think but they were I, trying for tension sometimes though? Because I think they were. Yeah, I mean, probably, but I feel like you'd have to be an idiot if you felt tension in that moment, right? That's a bit harsh, but. Yeah, um, but I, I did feel, even though like the hosts can die, I did feel a huge amounts of tension in those moments where I was worried that Dolores would die and then lose the ground that I felt that she had she gained. She would reset. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I mean like what is death if not like a loss of like consciousness? You know mm. what I mean? Like so I, I, I genuinely felt tension there because I was worried that we would be reset again yep. and that you she would lose herself. Um, and the same thing with Maeve. I was worried that at some point she would be outsmarted and what she had learned, what she had gained, the consciousness she'd been able to develop would be taken away from her. So yep. in, in, with those deaths, yes, I did feel the tension. Did you believe that entire... Was there any point when Maeve was like starting to control Felix and Sylvester? Both the names of cats, which is a weird thing they put in there as well. <laughs> did you notice that? Cartoon cats. You didn't notice that. Yeah. That's great. There was a point where <laughs> she threatened Sylvester with a scalpel, mm. and like it was, it was imposing for sure, right? Yeah. And then, like, part of me is like, I know she can't hurt him. He, she's still got her prime, you know, core narrative or whatever, mm. or core, whatever or programming. programming thank you. 
and she wasn't able to she couldn't have done it but okay he feels threatened whatever mm. the very next scene she's sitting down I'm like are you still really threatened by this person oh uh, yeah like, I don't know if I as I, much as I loved Maeve's storytelling and I love Tandy Newton in that role yeah. I, I did often in my notes I'm like I get that like Sylvester would be in trouble if they found out that he was like pimping out the host but like is that really worse than like sabotage that could bring the downfall of like humanity yeah, I don't like i don't i'm not sure if like the stakes were so high for him that he wouldn't just tell someone i'm i don't think that works when yeah. she's back inside westworld or when she's not like she gets like mutilated yeah. a bunch of times like yeah. just shut it down the, the second to last time mm. she gets melted to the point where he can remove one of her vertebra yeah like they they rebuild her. don't rebuild yeah. her yeah. just can do something da- sabotage her in a way that she's dead yeah if if she's down to her is, base is elements. the only reason, like, they didn't... Because, like, Felix, f- like, felt some type of empathy for her. Felix but might if, have, but Sylvester. Even if that was the case, I don't think they showed that enough for, yeah. like, for Felix to be, I like, just the like driving there few, force. There was a few moments missing yeah, in there. A totally. few, and this is the thing as well. I felt as they were trying to, like, make this show work, as they were, like, changing the narrative up and stuff like that, the, this is where the editing got confusing for me. Bits that felt like they belonged in different episodes or right. didn't make sense time. I kept struggling, yeah, with, like, where I was spatially or, mm-hmm. or in time. And then, like, so much ADR. I don't know if you noticed this, how much additional dialogue recording. No. It's this thing, and it's again, it's because I know it's like watching the gears, you know, turning. I be like, someone's talking, and then it cuts to the person they're talking to, and we can't see the person who's talking space anymore. Like the backs of people's heads, backs while of people's talking, heads yeah. while they talk, and even sounds like it was recorded in a different <laughs> environment. I'm just like, that was ADR in lady. You're trying to either shorten a scene, that's fine or whatever, it's excusable, but you could just feel them like just you know, scrambling I, I to make this that bit, at all. a little bit better. This was not obvious enough. Did you notice? Probably not. <laughs> that there were two different Westworld logos? I didn't. I only Saw discovered that later. that later when I was reading. Oh, an old it. one yeah. during the William stuff and a yeah. new one during yeah, everything no. There's else. There's no way I would ever have picked up on I, that. I didn't pick up on either yeah. until it was pointed out to me. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. It's, that was added in post though. There's evidence that that uh, was... This is one of those things they maybe tried to fix later and mm. go, we need to make this a bit clearer or get, leave you a few yeah. more clues. And there's a thumbnail on a video... It's like the thumbnail for episode two when William's going to the park. And in on the thumbnail, it's the new Westworld logo. But oh, in the show itself, it's been yeah. digitally yes, changed right. to be the old Westworld logo. Anyway, I thought yeah, that was interesting. Right. Interesting. Um, the only last big thing I want to talk about, because we're already at an hour and a half here, um, was we sort of talked about this as well. Was this season really just set up? Was it a prologue to what is going to be a much more interesting and bigger story going forward well i was yeah while i was watching i was like because the answer to that is yes Mm -hmm. um and i was thinking about our discussion of season one of breaking bad and how because of that we didn't it was detrimental to the season yeah yes it was a prologue i think to a bigger story yep um did it bother me like it bothered me in breaking bad no it didn't do you know why that it didn't bother you as much? Um, because it had uh, consistent payoff throughout the season for little little moments that were sure. like, oh yeah, oh yes, that feels good, mm-hmm, satisfying, excellent. Um, and whereas Breaking Bad was like, uh, okay, like there wasn't like a whole heap happening yep. in that first season. Um, that felt like big moments. Whereas this this Westworld had big moments littered throughout it, so that was far more satisfying. I also think it's just a better self-contained season. Like, mm, yeah. there is, to me, a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, it's if a the, complete story, if whether sh- it continues or not. Exactly. Yeah. If the show didn't get a second season, 
like, oh, of course you wish you knew what happened next. Mm. But if you leave on the mo- the storyline, the robots were able to get get consciousness yeah. and fight back, and it started yeah. there. Fr- and you can imply where that might go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, we don't know where it goes, but it's like okay, like, so oh. we got they reached that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah, and that in itself is payoff, mm-hmm. totally. and I think that's what made it work as well. It's funny. I think there is an argument that people have made that this could have we could have started the show here, or this could have been condensed to something a little bit shorter. I I like it for what it is. I wish it was yeah. told a little cleaner, but the I don't wish it yeah, didn't my rely on. It's like sure, but why? Yeah, like but does what, did you what? not enjoy that yeah. <laughs> at all? Is that if you hated it? Sure, I guess so. But then you probably won't like this show anyway. Yeah, it, like so much of like the enjoyment of the show is like tonal. So if you don't mm. like the tone of this show, you I doubt you're gonna like what's happening in season two. Tonal and thematic. Like for me, oh, yes, as much yes, as yes, I yes. have problems with the way it was told in some ways, mm. there is so many interesting ideas mm. and things we've talked about already. Yeah. Um, that's so engaging. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other major stuff before I get to no, some I mean, little side notes? I think we had a, like, a lot of this because the themes are so apparent. I think we yeah. had a lot of the same questions. Mine was only like the commentary on yeah tropes and women and violence and that kind of thing cool. And as a viewer. But I think that was it. All right. I've got a couple of little side notes I just want to go through. Just fly through them hopefully. Mm-hmm. Number one. How crazy high quality is TV getting? Oh, my God. Like, some of the visuals in this show, when we've got a yeah. young Anthony Hopkins walking around who looks completely convincing. How, did you like that? Because yes, I, I loved it. it. And then so many like reviews and recaps I read, they're like, eh, it wasn't that good. Uh, I didn't really like it. I'm like, what are you talking about? It was better it than was Rogue so One. It was, yes, it, it was. was. You know it was why? Because so it was used. They didn't put it here. They yeah. didn't put it right up into a close-up. Yeah. They used it in just the tasteful enough way to go, Oh my god, that's young Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. And then he's gone. Like he's like blustering through the hallway with his like arm Huddled. swinging. I'm Huddled. like, I'm like, like I believe that's young Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, At no great. point I'm like, yeah, CGI boo. I was like, no, that looks really, really good. Yeah, it was used tastefully. It was used yeah, well. And the way his like voice was altered. The whole thing was just great. I loved it. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was great. That just there's so much stuff going on here from a design standpoint, or so convincing, like. To, if I think about it, there must be so much CGI in this show. Mm. So much. When bit. Dolores, like, the first, like, first wakes up and meets Arnold and she's just, like, her head yeah. and, like, a bit around her collar and the rest of her is, like, that metal body. Mechanical body. Looks so good. Yeah. It looks so, so, so good. Though one bit I thought was CGI, which I learned wasn't, was the flies. They weren't, they weren't, they, weren't they were real flies. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Because I saw in, like, an interview with Evan Rachel Wood was they have, like, these fly wranglers and they like freeze the flies and then like they slowly defrost on the face and then when they're like they're in a a moment of consciousness i guess where like they can move around and stuff but they can't fly yet so they're just like that's really clever yeah Yeah. oh that was cool so i can imagine that being easy to like start on the face and you can like do the little cgi zip in like it's painted out the start and then it's moving around yeah yeah that yeah clever and practical which i love (laughs) it looks convincing i'm Mm -hmm. like the fly in Breaking Bad sometimes doesn't look quite right. No. No. Um, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, but really, I, I, it's like this show, for all its big ideas, while it could have some of its story beats, if it was condensed and in one thing would have been effective, there is no movie that can go so deep and be so interesting. TV really is the better format these days. Absolutely. For this sort of storytelling, for big mm. idea stuff, yeah. this is where you want to do and it. And I, I, like, I see it all the time in like articles and stuff. And it's been said for years and years and it's obviously becoming um, – it's happening more and more. But the fact that like people are saying that you know TV 
is telling stories far more effectively than movies are. I'm like, well, that's a no-brainer. I think we can all agree on that now, that TV is superior. I, for long, like for really good in-depth storytelling, of course television's better. Between Westworld and Stranger Things alone, mm. TV is where you do sci-fi now. Yep. Like, it's just... Because you can, because you can get away with it with current technology and because it's way more interesting to dive in deep with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Looking forward to that. Last, Why the Last Man series coming. That's going to be good. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm excited about American Gods. I hope that's American good. American Gods too. There's so many things to look forward to. Yeah. There. I think there's a Dark I need Tower to series as well coming. American Gods before that airs actually. Just like refresh myself. I need to read it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Inspirations and comparisons. You already brought up the whole video games thing. Mm-hmm. And like, so there's so much inspiration in like sandbox Red video Dead games. Redemption, anyone? I mean, yeah. it, is, it is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> yeah. But even like, if you're not familiar with that series, because it's not as big, Grand Theft Auto, you know, that ability to just walk around and yeah. do whatever you want and fuck prostitutes and mm. like whatever, right? Did it ever make you like wonder the kind of person you would be if you went to Westworld? Yeah, totally. I don't know, honestly. I don't. I don't know either. Because, like, obviously, as we progressed throughout the series, uh, throughout the season, and we were able to like empathize more and more with the host, far more than the humans. I was then like your yeah. righteousness kicks in. You're like, oh, I would never. But yeah. at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, like, they do. A good would job. I murder someone? I mean, probably because there's no consequences and they're not real people. So, yeah. like, why just to like try? I guess so. Would it be like? A violent death in which I'm like brutally raping a woman, then murder her. Probably not. But could I shoot someone? But like, could I shoot someone? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? I think. Yeah. I, I think I probably would. It's. I. I mean. Which sounds terrible when we know that they're like they're conscious beings, of course. And I apologize. Um. But. <laughs> but being an that, ignorant human, which like just the people in the park are. Imagine yeah. Disneyland, right? Twenty years from now, they've got. Uh, I don't know. You hunt down Elsa while she runs away from you. <laughs> I get the feeling it might be a Star Wars world or something like that. But what if yeah. they were like, imagine they made yeah. a Star Wars world where you are part of the rebellion. You've got to infiltrate the Death Star and oh you can God. shoot like hosts that are stormtroopers. Oh my God, that would be so good. And it was like, it like looked and felt like, yeah, you know, yeah, or cut them up with a lightsaber. Yeah. And by the way, mm. you're lying if you say that you wouldn't do that. <laughs> so don't write in and be judgmental because you absolutely would. The, I, yeah, I, I can definitely see the appeal. Because when we saw like the samurai world that. or whatever it was, when I saw that and like that, obviously there would be different kinds of parks out there. I was, I was trying to think of like, what kind of park would I want to go to mm. would I like love a Roman world what would I like I apparently like, in the original movie there was a medieval world and a Roman world mm. as well and then like yeah the sequels had like different other different worlds yep. as well yeah yeah um, so, yeah. the theory is it's either Samurai world or Shogun world I can't figure out why it wasn't called East world that seemed to make the most sense <laughs> if it's called West world why not this one be East world <laughs> but then if in, okay in that instance if West world's West world what would you call Roman world because wouldn't that be Westworld? I, I don't know. West, like Westworld? I just feel like... Original Westworld? It's just like symmetry, all right? I just like symmetry. <laughs> I mean, that would have been good. Like this has come yeah. full circle. Um, but yeah, so that... And I and I love, like, as a gamer who plays this stuff, Westworld felt like a natural mm. progression of what we already do with these yeah, sorts totally. of, like, sandbox games. Yeah. I liked the... Um, just the... Watching video games, they try to make themselves become more immersive. And so those discussions mm, about open like... open world games and stuff. Yeah. And as they talk about like the complete freedom to do things and like the way they make the NPCs more and more realistic... Oh, sorry, the hosts more and more realistic <laughs> with their... Um, the reveries, the idea mm. that they get like improvised ticks and stuff like yeah. that based off being able to access certain memories, which is a great... It was just a great explanation of why they would start to 
change yes. as well. That memory was such an important part of it. I thought mm. it was really cool. Um, but also I love what the Man in Black was saying about how the world makes so much more sense in Westworld because everything has a purpose. Mm -hmm. There isn't... It's organized. It might feel like chaos, but it's always organized chaos. Yeah. It's there. Everyone's there and has a story and has a quest and like there's a way to interact with that and mm -hmm. that's not the case in the real world. No. You're just... Everyone's just fumbling their way through this. Yeah. And I mean, we're all on like the same like narrative loop. Like we got to work every day and sure. like do the same thing. But like... It doesn't have a greater purpose. It's just like of, that's what life is and it's boring. None of us have a treasure hunt to go on at the end <laughs> exactly. of it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I love that. I also liked the bit with like the morality system. So when William first walks in, he's like, it's a little on the nose, but I'm glad they didn't yeah. say it outright either. What, black hats and white black hats. Black hat or white hat. Yeah. But that's a thing that you see in a lot of video games mm -hmm. now where there's like this dual morality system. Yeah. You're either good or evil yeah, path. What narrative you path can are you make your take? choices about yeah. which one you're going to be. And so to see that sort of like, play out what was cool what path do you usually choose I, I actually normally play the good guys for yeah, whatever reason I tend to be, I always choose the good guys yeah I'm not because I can't deal with the guilt of I know it's, it's normally more challenging which is part of it too because it's right, easier okay. it's easier just to be the bad guy and kill everyone yeah. but I also find that when if all I'm doing is like mm. wailing on people I find yeah. that a little bit boring sometimes yeah, I don't no, know. it makes me feel a bit yucky and I always like like when I play games like it's different in like in Grand Theft Auto, there's no real penalty because there's no morality system in that yeah. for like running people over. If I I don't go out of my way, I mean sometimes you, sometimes you do. Sometimes yeah. you just like infinite sometimes ammo. I'm just gonna yeah. start. <laughs> let's just wait and see how long I can last until the cops try and kill yeah. me with a helicopter or whatever. But the in like say if I was playing The Wolf Among Us, the Telltale series yes. game, and I would make choices. I'm either playing a character or I'm playing myself, mm. and I will make choices in that particular vein. And then later I might go the other route to just yeah. explore it, but I'm not. That's not the way I would naturally yeah. invest myself in it. I think because like I, well, I always choose the good guy because I find it less stressful. Okay. Um, so less stressful. Yeah, less stressful. Um, particularly like when I'm thinking of Grand Theft Auto and you start shooting people and like the police are after you, then all of a sudden like this helicopter. That's it's too much. I can't deal with that. I'm not interested in like that amount of stress. Right. So I don't do it that way. Um, but also like when you choose the bad guy, so often your character is perpetrating violence usually against women and children and yeah, that makes sure. me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, fair um, enough. So, yeah, it's not really a path that I choose. Other things this show reminded me of I thought were obvious inf inf inspirations. Mm -hmm. Dollhouse. Oh, yes. Did you, how much of Dollhouse did you watch? Did you watch all of it? I think I've seen all of it, yeah. I only saw season one. Right. Um, but there are so many similarities mm -hmm. in terms of the questions of what makes someone human or, yeah, how memories play into your personality mm. or how... Um, yeah, the unawareness to what they're actually going on. They're playing these roles and consciousness and all those sorts of things and how even they can be controlled in the background. A lot of the stuff with like when they're back at like behind the curtain, as I like to say, at Westworld and they're like talking to them and telling them they're in a dream or whatever. Mm. Or reminded me of the stuff, I think his character was Topher or whatever his name was in Westworld was doing when he would like the wipe their memory. Yeah, yeah, he would wipe their memory at the end of the mm. day and whatever and like yeah. talk to them a little bit and they're in their like blank state. Yeah. Very totally similar. Totally blank camps yeah, walking through and I mean, yeah, it's very similar themes, similar visuals. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely has a dollhouse vibe. I think... Westworld was much more successful with some of its ideas and exploring them, though, at least early on. Mm -hmm. Dollhouse takes a while, long time to actually find that, to, to get past the Monster of the Week episodes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a big problem that first season. I think when we 
go into they explore more of like yeah the the awakening the yeah the finding consciousness there is an episode i think it's episode six and it's just like oh my god and that show just starts to kick yeah. off from there mm-hmm. i need to watch the second they season have a, of that, yeah, actually. Some of like wyatt character yeah um that like do. really like kicks it off yeah um, Ex Machina. Did you see that movie? I did indeed. Yeah, that's a gr- It's it's like if you're into the whole like AI. Was what that the makes Turing them? test or whatever it's called? I mean, the Turing test gets mentioned. I mean, the Turing test always yeah. gets mentioned when it comes to AI these days. Yeah. And he says in that one, I thought that was actually I responded to it. There was a bit where Ford was like, within the first year they passed the Turing test. And I was like, Turing test. Because in Ex Machina they talk about how the Turing test is completely flawed and yeah. barely <laughs> barely useful at all. And like, well, it gets yeah. referenced all the time. It's mm. not even that interesting and benchmark for artificial intelligence yeah. anymore. Well, like, what is it again? The it's Turing just... test, If I'm going to fumble this, but yeah. it's basically the idea that if you were to have... So you just don't recognise it as being AI. Is that what it is? Kind of. It's it's If you were to, say, have um, two people having a conversation, like a, a person was talking to a computer, mm. probably through an interface like like MSN chat or something like that. This is why mm. chatbots exist. MSN chat! You're dating us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like Facebook Messenger or something like that. MySpace chat, yes. But this is why, like, chatbots exist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you could have that interaction and the human would be convinced the, the AI was human. Yes. If, right. it would, if it could be convincingly pass, mm. I think I think it's a little more subtle than that or a little more right. particular. But that's essentially the idea is that they're passably human, mm-hmm. at least on sort of a interaction level like that. Yeah. Um, Lost, obviously, we've already talked about. Pleasantville, I sort of reminded me of that as well. As there was sort of an awakening happening in, say... Maeve, Maeve. Maeve. Oh, I don't know why I get that Maeve. wrong so often. I think, whatever. In Maeve, mm. and she's awakening, but the people around her aren't quite there yet. It reminded me of like how certain people inside Pleasantville in that movie would start to like ask questions about like um, books or like sex, and like they were sort of just starting to become. Oh, Pleasantville. Pleasantville the movie. Oh, so I was, one of my all-time I favorite movies. I thought you were talking about Smallville and I was so not confused. Smallville. Not I'm Smallville. like, I mean, I hear that show is actually good, but I'm not getting the parallels at all. Um, but yeah, no, Pleasantville. That makes way more sense. Yes. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Um, Fringe, uh, the... I've only seen the first season. Well, you would know that... So Walter Bishop is sort of like the crazy scientist mm-hmm. guy, the dad of... Great voice, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Noble, Australian actor. He's awesome. Mm. And then he's got this like, he all his technology he made was with a guy named William Bell, mm. who was like his compatriot. That's right. Played it, by blah, 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 blah. Played by, we won't say because yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you, but the that reminded me of the Ford and Arnold stuff, which mm-hmm. I thought was... Um, which was cool as well. And then Memento was the other one, just in terms of like memories being wiped and reset and like... I still haven't seen that. That's a really great film. That's what I heard. I just felt like it would hurt my brain, so I've been avoiding it. Oh, you should watch... I mean, if you watch the the Nolan movies, especially the ones that aren't the Batman series, you will see a lot of stuff and go, oh, right. wow, this really informs what mm. Westworld is trying to do, at least in this I mean, season. Yeah, I mean, Nolan makes great films. I just don't particularly enjoy them. Which ones have you seen? I've seen was it interstellar interstellar yep i've seen inception mm-hmm. all the other ones you the prestige i've seen the prestige and memento is probably the major memento. ones and i've obviously watched the dark knight stuff but that that never did it for me right yeah okay hmm. well which is weird because I, I love superhero stuff but i i didn't really care for his batman which, which i know which i'm version, gonna get so much hate version, now which version of batman do you like the most Michael Keaton. Okay, Michael Keaton's a good answer, but... <laughs> I, I like Michael Keaton, I, yeah. I don't like the Tim Burton versions of things, though. Michael Keaton's performance, I like. But yeah. I don't love 
I don't. I don't know why people hold up those original two I, Batman films. I so do highly. really like those movies. I tried to watch Batman Returns like a year or two ago, mm. and was like, "This is awful. This is really terrible." I love um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, she's Cat she's Woman. good. She's so good. She's Woman. good. And like again, Michael Keaton's good. There's just other things in there. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Anyway, um, the use of hosts as props to dehumanize them. I I we've already talked about mm-hmm. just the general cool text. Oh, I I love seeing sci-fi tech and how it's done. My oh, the, the foldable um, tablets? That's one of my favourite things. Very cool. That should be a thing. Apple? That is a thing. Is it? it? I mean, There's like... a phone that's a phone that then no, we no, fold no, out well, the tablet? It, it isn't, but like that foldable stuff. I'm oh, pretty I think, sure, yeah, I think yeah. that's technically like that worked ex- on. Yeah, that exists. And it's definitely going to be within the next few years, I'm sure. That's a that prediction down? Uh, what, yeah, what, I mean, <laughs> I think... Isn't that obvious? Don't, don't we all think that? So, 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 a lot of stuff is like tech and development that never makes it to, you yeah. know, the mainstream. Um, but I would love that to be a thing because it is very cool and yeah. just so practical and obvious. Like I want that in my in my life. Um, I also just also the like the three D printing stuff they were doing for to, to create the hosts. Mm, yeah. And that even in that title sequence, which was made by a friend of a friend of ours actually. Uh, yeah, how did you? I mean, I thought the opening sequence was cool, but I haven't really seen that sequence. Like the thing a lot. is, the it's. It's definitely a trend now. Yeah. The, like, we need to have a cool opening sequence is sort of becoming a bit rote. Yeah. But this, I like. I still liked it, though. Like. Yeah, I liked it. I just feel like ever since, like, House or whatever, it's just been, like, the very similar kind of House, opening. Dexter, yeah. um, True Detective, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game yeah. of Thrones is still my favourite. Game of Thrones. I can't skip the Game of Thrones one. Yeah, me Ever. But I... I did skip this one, but mainly for time. Like it was a two-minute opening sequence. I, I didn't skip it, but I was on my phone when I was playing. Yeah, all right. Yeah. But I liked it generally. Yeah. I thought the music was cool. And the music is what I want to get to next. I love the score in this film. I love the old-timey yes, stuff. Yes, it's so good. The like, you know, the, the saloon piano, the covers of songs like Back in Black. Um, the guy's name who did... Who's, is it Back to Black? Uh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, Paint It Black, it's called. Get it right. Back, back to Black, Back to Black, sorry, is the... Amy Winehouse uh, Amy Winehouse one. one. The oh, that's the one, one I'm talking about that I love. Painted Black is the Rolling Stones cover in the first uh, episode during right. the high sequence yeah. in Sweetwater. That's right. Painted Black. And I was like, I was listening to it going, is that, is that Painted Black? And it like became more and more obvious. Like, yeah, yeah this is <laughs> rad. Yeah. And there's a lot of those in there. Yeah, um, right. They were really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Just the mix of the... So the old-timey saloon piano covers... Or that music at all, and then the beepy boopy mm. type. I, I don't know if you've ever played beepy Portal. Boopy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I Tron, it very briefly. or yeah, Portal's got at Portal Two in particular. The mm. soundtrack is excellent, and it reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, and then cool. you'd have these sequences that, are like, there's a bit in the last episode where Teddy walks into Sweetwater. He's starting another one of his narrative loops, and it's the old timey music. And then he becomes aware of, well, you know, has a is floating into back into consciousness for a second, or whatever mm. it might be, or getting closer to it. And you start to get that beepy boopy portal <laughs> music again. That should be the official <laughs> genre, is beepy boopy. Is and that a hip hop? <laughs> it's the white version, beepy boopy. Yeah. <laughs> and then just the way it goes, like, uses those motifs, I thought it was really cool. And I just want to give a shout out at the Ramin Jawadi. What a great shout out. DJ A W A D I. Jawadi. Jawadi. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Jawadi. We apologize. Ramin Jawadi. Sorry, but he's the guy. He does the score for Game of Thrones as well. He did. He's always done excellent work. 
Um, Wait, the guy who does the score for Game of Thrones does this show as well? Yes, he does. Oh, my God. I mean, HBO, I've got a guy, obviously. Yeah, what a guy. What a guy, huh? Mm. Um, I already told you I hated Lee. I just thought he was... Yeah, no, we. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure the entire world hated Lee, but not just the character. I just didn't. He didn't need to. Superfluous. superfluous. Just like uh, go away. Did you see that after the end credits of the last episode, there was a post credit sequence? No. Mm. Oh, well, I'm gonna have to watch I that. I only found out because I was listening to my podcast. I'm like, yeah, did you see right. that bit? Go and watch oh, that. Oh, okay. Well. It's nothing huge. It's just a little like the Lee Struggy thing at the end. Okay. But cool. It'll make you happy, I think. Okay. Hopefully. It's just a little bit like, oh yay, that's cool. That Lee being shot in the head. No, sadly. <laughs> okay. The show's not back until 2018. I did hear that, That's yes. a long wait. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not that worried about it, though. Yeah. I'm not like... Because it's not a big mystery. Well, that's the thing. Like I, like you said, it had a beginning, middle and end. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I can wait till 2018. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. Mm. All right. Got some stuff to do. Least favourite and least favourite episodes. Damascus, what was your favourite episode of the season? Contrapasso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why was that your favourite episode? It's... It did feel a bit halted um, as much as I was like, sweet, um, Tandy Newton wakes up and talks to the dude. That was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but the rest of it was just like, was it like <laughs> all my notes have like the actors' names, not the characters because I couldn't remember them. But yeah, like Anthony Hopkins, you know, telling a story about like a greyhound and there was... Um, yeah. And then like the story with like William and Dolores and they're like in that like town... It's just like full of a bunch of like rebels and stuff. And that was like, yeah, I don't know. Like it just it didn't feel like we progressed a, a whole lot. It felt like kind of stalling up until that Maeve moment. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the same with like, yeah, like they have that giant, they're in that building with a giant orgy, Dolores yep. and William. And yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. Yeah. And because and I loved so many of these episodes, just kind of like, eh. No, nah, not that interested. Sorry. Mine is actually the same episode. Mm. I also... Uh, that is actually a bit of a tie. It's not a direct tie. I'm going to say five is my least favorite, but six had some similar problems um, for me. Even though... But the thing that saves six, it's got some amazing moments in it too. I think six is the one... Uh, episode six is The Adversary. And I think that's the one where Maeve is being shown around the Westworld behind the scenes. Yeah, I think so. I know it's the one where she like sees her own like thought process yeah, on the screen and she's like trying that. to get in front of it. And it's like, like a yeah. script. It's like, and even like yeah. the way it like writes down beats that she's yeah. going to have like emotional it's great. moments. It's very cool. And so those things save it, but there is a lot of stuff in there that I don't like as well. And it's just, it's obvious in this, the middle passage that we're starting to get a bit bogged down and, mm-hmm lost in and it's the editing's confusing the timelines are really confusing i don't know where i am half the time or why we're there and it's just yeah and i think episode five is probably the epitome of that so i agree with you on that as well mm-hmm. what was your favorite episode episode seven yep is that uh, the french trompe leole i can't I can't. you're a french speaking native aren't you <laughs> <laughs> um so the french one yeah um uh one because we find out Bernard is a robot. Yep. Um, Teresa dies. We get a huge amount of like consequence mm-hmm. and we see like... I the really e- like Teresa's character, by the way. Me I too. Thought she was I think great. she's great. Um, and we see like the extent of like how far Ford will go. What else have we got? Oh, yeah. And I also loved um, that Maeve no longer has a fear of death and she's like, you know, I've done it a million times. And so she just like uses death as a tool to like become smarter and smarter. I just thought that was a great moment for her. And obviously, like, it has the big reveal of Bernard, which is great. That really plays into that idea that 
mistake was our one tool for evolution as well. Yeah. And it's like, that's exactly what she's doing. She's using yeah. that like she, so yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, it's, I, I'm exactly the same. That's my oh, favorite yeah. episode cool. as well. Uh, for exactly the same reasons, particularly that end bit. Like the the reveal of Bernard from the mm. point where he goes to the house with Teresa and then the he can't see the door. Yeah. And oh like even God. though I yeah. knew, mm. not specifically that door moment, but I knew that Bernard being a, uh, a host was yeah. coming, it was such an effectively good reveal. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, what it meant when a character dies as consequences, what that effect is going to have on Bernard as he's trying to grapple with his humanity or host humanity or whatever you want to call it, android, dealing with himself. And then what it tells us about Ford as well, although the show kind of goes back on some of this stuff with Ford, doesn't it? It's weird. I mean, we're rooting for him at the end, aren't we? To start killing, have the host start killing people. I'm. I don't. Rooting for is. But we're on board with it. We're, yeah, we're, we we're less... we we want him to succeed because it facilitates the freedom of right. a persecuted and enslaved people. And that's yeah. sort of what the last episode is: is him going, no, well, actually, while I didn't agree with Arnold mm. once upon a time, I do now, and I've been spending the last thirty yeah. years getting you to a point where you can do guys mm-hmm. can do this. Yeah, I think he like agreed with Arnold. I but I don't think he agreed with the way Arnold wanted to do things. But it's exactly the same thing. No, because Arnold didn't want Westworld to open. To open, but well, he didn't want. But isn't like um, what's his name? Ford's whole thing is like they just needed like to suffer and suffer and suffer again, and so that they could like they could really earn their consciousness. That's why it's taken him thirty years to get where he is. But yeah. it seems like to me that he was he was against Arnold's ideas initially mm. until. Soon after his death, yeah. essentially, he changed his mind and spent the last three years. Like the fact about that his Arnold way like done. wanted to die, I think, really shook him up. Right. Well, Arnold, Arnold wanted to die as a way of because he felt obligated to. He's created these conscious beings to let them. He doesn't want them to be treated the way they're going to be treated in Westworld. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I think I think the thing is that Ford wanted Westworld to be open because he's so proud of his narratives. Like that, he obviously yeah. is. You know, very proud of his work and it's what drives him and then amongst that though once the park was opened he's changed his mind and spent 30 years trying to to evolve them to a point where they'd be prepared for what yeah. really has to come next which is it's like, a, like a training ground but for it's, them. it's interesting because ford does flip-flop in some ways it seems or at least he's he's being very withholding or misinforming both the viewers and the people he's talking to about what mm-hmm. his motives are most of the time yeah. he will say one thing or act a certain way, but not apparently not really believe that. Um, like there's that scene where Felix, I think it's Felix, but before we even really met Felix, has got one of the hosts covered and he tells him, why are you doing that? And rips it away from him. Yeah. And that's like a cover, it turns out, because mm. really he does believe that these, you know, people, these yeah. hosts are conscious and stuff like that. He's He was almost like trying to say, don't treat them like people. They're not people. You know, you can't treat them like they... Mm. Like um, I don't know. It's yeah. I I mean, he was a little bit all over the place for me at times. Yeah, as, but I think, but so can, but you know, Anthony Hopkins just being Anthony yeah. Hopkins, I was on board. Yeah, is is Maeve conscious at that moment? I don't think so. Okay. or it's not. It's she's certainly not talking to Felix okay. yet. Well, if if because I don't know if they have the ability to remember those moments at all. Well, they didn't make a big deal of it. I think yeah, it, it right. felt because more as a moment for Ford than yeah, Felix or Maeve. If, I think if he's trying to show to the host that humans will always see them as objects and as enemies. 
Right. If that is a constant and to like truly know your enemy, you have to understand that. And perhaps that was like a teaching moment. I'm not sure. I mean, because I can't really remember how far along that is. I think it's quite early and though. It's pretty early. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just like he has built up this persona of like, this is what I believe hosts are. Um, and to like never sh- like shy away from like that public persona allows him the freedom to do what he's actually doing. Yeah. I mean, that was all just... Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I think this show needs a... For me, definitely needs a rewatch. It will, I don't know when I'm going find to find the time to do that, but... That's not happening anytime soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe before episode, the season two starts. But yeah, I agree with you for the reasons that episode seven was so good. Just... just and it got the ball rolling for the rest of the season two. While I don't think the other reveals were as ever effective as this one was... Um, yeah, it got it got the the show out of what I thought was getting a bit stuck in its own minutia and got it mm-hmm. to where it needed to be. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, and if that really was the episode that came directly after the hiatus, then well done. The hiatus was a good move. Though I wish we didn't lose Teresa because she was cool. Mm-hmm. Final score and uh, rank. Knows Ford might have made another Teresa. Well, there's some, that's something we'll get to in a second. Final score and ranking. I'm going to give it four stars out of five. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's problematic in parts. Um, I've got had some frustrations with it, but overall, it's bold, interesting, new, exciting, thematically rich, very entertaining and engaging TV. Mm-hmm. And I can't deny it. I really enjoyed watching it 90, 90% of the time. Yep. And my, my, my picks are nitpicks for the most part. What about you? I'm going to give it five. Stats. Oh my God, <laughs> really? Five? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that the you, who is like so on top of these things, your only like picks are nitpicks. I mean, I think that's like a perfect example. All right, of nitpicks why, like, is an understatement. I have. <laughs> I, oh, 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 okay. Let's 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 go back on that. Then. I I guess they. I think they're real narrative yeah. concerns. They didn't stop the show from being enjoyable, but they mm-hmm. definitely stopped it from being effective storytelling all the time. Yeah. Okay. So I think there are problems with certain character development i'm thinking like men in black specifically um i can i can see that and i see those like concerns that people have with that however i don't see who knows where we go in season two but for season one i don't see men in black being so much an actual character as more of like a a function of like a way to like progress the narrative. And I'm okay with that because I don't think like humanity in this show is not the point. It's the evolution, the the next step and what that looks like. So I'm not like too concerned that men in black and we, we don't see that progression from good to bad. Explain to me what the man in black specifically, not the William stuff, but the man yeah. in black stuff, which is in nearly every episode, if not every yeah. episode, and takes up a decent chunk of it, mm-hmm. this little treasure hunt he's going on to find the maze. Mm-hmm. If it didn't give you narrative, like character arc or a satisfying mm. thing there, what was the point of it then? The point of it is like, to like, to get us... One, obviously, to like to know about the maze and its existence and then to just like see how like pervasive it is in the world and just like to like take us to points to meet characters, to see like the world as a whole sure. and then to reach that point at that old town with the church steeple and stuff and have that moment with Dolores and her like awakening. 
I wonder whether there's another way of doing that. I'm sure there is. That doesn't involve... Because it's like... I feel like you'd have a man in black type character. We wonder who they are. Mm. And they turn out to be William who just shows up and is kind of a monster sometimes, right? Who we're not following so closely as we are with him. One of the things... But I think you'd be more dissatisfied with that, Brod, if there was just some like random that just exists there. But I like all the things I learned about the man in black. So much of it happened at the end when he explained who he was. Anyway, it, right? Like, it, so you want him just with like less information? Well, I mean, if if I what did I know? What did I learn about the man in black as he was going? As he, the, as Ed Harris's character, yeah. was on his journey to go to the maze. We learn about the maze. Sure, mm-hmm. we learn about other people and other characters. Yeah. What did I learn about the man in black that I didn't really know yeah. or wasn't even turned back a little bit? From the first episode. Turned back from, from the so, first episode. So, I mean, episode. in the first episode, it looks like he's raping Dolores. Yeah. All right? And... I think it's because I feel he like they sees actually it as... back a bit from there. Yeah. So, he sees it as purely a game. It's something that Logan says... I, don't know, I feel like it's midway, but I don't know. Maybe it's towards the beginning um, where he's like, you know, right and wrong. What are you talking about? This is a game. There is mm-hmm. like... There is no morality here. And so I think like that's who we learn him to be. He's not doing things to be evil or whatever it is, which it looks like in that first episode. He's doing things just because it is a video game. Mm-hmm. And this is just and he just wants to win. And the outside world is it's just like this bland, everything's fine, everything's cool world. And Westworld is far more real. It's far more gritty. Um than the outside world. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That stuff, is, that stuff is really interesting on a thesis point of view. I guess it's just the way you described that you found that the man in black didn't quite work for you mm. in there, I find it interesting because I, I wonder whether some of those things couldn't come across. Well, I, well I, I kind of a missed opportunity I think we had with this show yeah. and I think what maybe people are expecting, oh, it wasn't necessarily, but you could see how it might have happened, is if we maybe had more people entering the park with different perspectives, exploring the park and how they interacted with no. it. Right. Okay. Interesting <laughs> that you, that you say that, yeah. but like the, reminds me of the dollhouse, like the monster of the week episodes. I don't care. I don't want that. I don't want it like a bunch of like Joe blows coming in like, Oh, Oh, this is my perspective of this. One. I don't, I don't care about that. Okay. I'm interested in the host and that's all I care about. Well, that is, that is the, the upside of it is that they do get to focus on the hosts more than they get to focus on the, on humans, which is, I think is a, is a smart move generally. But I just thought that was really interesting how you sort of came, I don't know exactly what your words were there. I've forgotten already. It was only five minutes ago, but you seemed a little undersatisfied with the man in black the way he was. Yeah, I, and, and I am. Um, but to go back to my rating, yeah. it's because I don't think that undercuts the season as a whole. Um, just like my straight up viewing of it was so satisfying. Okay, um, I felt like, the, the themes were so strong. Um, the characters that I connected to were so strong and I went along with their journey really well. I think it was really well written. Um, and as much as there were a few times I was like, oh, that's a cheesy line. Yeah, there's a couple but, of but then I But then I realized I'm like, well, not all the time, but quite often I that fits the tone of like those like old westerns and that kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that, that kind of works for me. Particularly if it's in a story loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm you think so- about that bit at the end where... Dolores oh, and Teddy so are on the good. beach, <laughs> so and then you're good. like, and you just like, and then that you reveal, oh, it was all part yeah. of Ford's narrative yeah. the entire time. It's a time. sweeping romance, yeah, yeah, totally. And it was like, oh, that was that was cool. Yeah, that was very good. Um, but no, I, I 
just all I experienced watching the show was like pure joy. Okay. And so it's okay. got to be a five. Cool. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Will we keep watching? Yes, I will. I was waiting for you to say no and do your like thing again. Like the classic no. joke. The classic domestic nah. joke. Yeah, no, I'm really <laughs> looking forward to it as well. I'm I'm yeah. really intrigued to watch it when it comes back. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting because I feel like we're going to go into a very different show. Yeah, it will be. It'll and be I'm different. curious to see what that I, is. I'm curious to see whether they can pull it off. Well, I hope it's a very different show. And this is where I want to get oh, to yeah, next. Oh, yeah, true. Last thing I want to do before we sign off. Predictions, hopes, concerns. I don't have a lot of predictions. Mm. But I have hopes and concerns. Okay. All right. Um, I'll start with my hopes and concerns. My hope, a big hope slash prediction, is that you know the the letter that M- Maeve gets at the end that said the thing park gets one, park yeah. one wherever zone whatever right. Yeah. The Westworld is not park one. The Westworld is park zero, and that Maeve is going to a different park, and her storyline next season will be in a in like. Shogun of Samurai or Eastworld or whatever you want to call it. Right. Or somewhere else. Yeah, right. Okay. Which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. We've We've already pulled her out of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Let's not send her back in. Yeah. She didn't... Let's send her somewhere else. And she like... So what's happened is this daughter thing has been re... Sort of assigned to a different park. So that's mm-hmm. where she's going to go next. Um, I hope that's what's going on. Because I think... That's cool. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. Because I think that's really clever the way they do. It. If it's if it's Park One, it yeah. makes you think it's Westworld. But if depending on how they number these things, maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, my concern. I have two. Mm. One is that they were going to try and redo this mystery box thing next season, and that's going to be not. a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think that's what the show needs anymore. Mm. It needs to just build. That just reminds on its me base. of like obviously a different caliber, but like Pretty Little Lies. Like they were like. There'll be like a three season arc, like one mystery. They'll solve it. You're like, yeah, finally it's over. And then they'll just start on a new mystery. And it's just like, oh, sh- oh God. And it's just right. never ending. Yeah. Um, my other big concern, this one worries me. And a lot of people mm-hmm. are trying to say, this isn't even in possibility. It's not in the text. I unfortunately think they've given themselves enough wriggle room to do this if they want, is that Ford will come back. We will find out that either he is like created a version of himself that has that is like an ident- identical version of him that's a host mm-hmm. or the one that died on on that thing was a host and that he's hiding somewhere in the park as a yeah. human. That worries me a lot and I hope they don't do it because it would fuck up this season. Yeah, I really hope not. I'm hoping that they were able to get someone like Sir Anthony Hopkins in by saying it's just one season. Exactly. Don't worry about it. You yeah. can go off and do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, it's Short just one scenario. season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that's the situation. My hope exactly, but I am worried. Or they might do something like he transferred his consciousness oh, or something don't like that, do that into like young oh. Ford or something like that. Or God, It'd be bad if it was just like in like another body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. It's my biggest fear because I think it's an easy temptation. It's a, it's, yeah. You've really got me worried now. <laughs> it's just, it's there. It's just, in a sh- yeah. it's, it's hard not to think that when the show keeps killing and then reviving characters. Mm-hmm. Um, we still don't know what happened to Elsie and Stubbs. Um, Teresa died, yes, and all those people in the front died. But so how often, like, you know when Bernard kills himself, right, blows his brains out with mm. the gun? I, how dumb was I to not realise that he could just be brought back the next minute? Like, it didn't occur yeah. to me. I was like, oh, no, Bernard's gone. And I was like, when they showed up and they can fix him, I was like, oh, duh. Of course I can fix him. No yeah, one freaking I, I, dies I in this thought. show. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so knowing that, that almost informed my, like, worry. It's like, oh, what if he... Mr. Trixie, you know, he's thought uh, 10 steps ahead 
what if he mm. is still alive? Anyway, that's yeah, my concern. I, yeah, I feel as though if they're being true to the character of Ford and yep. like throughout the first season, um, the worry is that he will take all the information with him and Westworld and the board and stuff will have nothing. So him creating a replica of himself with so much knowledge um, doesn't seem like something he would ever do. Well, like I don't think he would ever like have another hard drive. You know what I mean? Like it's just he would his, – his brain is his brain and he would never share any of that information. Particularly since he knows how well it can be manipulated. It would seem strange to have a copy. Well, speaking of that for a second, do you remember there was that little storyline that was starting to take place towards the end of the season where they took Abernathy and put a bunch of like – data into him to sneak him out of the park yeah we don't know what happened to him did he get out well wasn't the bit where we see um the loser british guy the rider and he opens up the warehouse to go and do that and the warehouse is empty yes isn't that like signaling that he wasn't able to do that well it suggests that he would be somewhere out in the park but we never like if we saw him with those with the other hosts when they showed up towards the end they'd be like oh okay now i know but there's no definitive what do you mean so towards the end at the end when Ford's doing his big speech and yeah. Dolores is about to kill him and start shooting mm. humans. We see a bunch of the other hosts come out of the brush and the Man yeah. of Black sees them in the bush. Mm. Presumably, they were other. They were some of the hosts that were in storage, right? Yeah. So we should have seen him there. If I feel if like that was implied because What's-His-Face went down to the storage space to like see... Was named Abernathy, and he wasn't there. My, so I feel like that's my worry much is they've left it open because they hadn't decided which, which way they wanted to go with it. Because right. I just I think if that was definitive, they all they had to do was show him mm. as being definitively there. Yeah, and we were going, oh, that's where he is. Yeah, okay, so he's in the park. Mm-hmm. He didn't make it out. You know, corporate overlords didn't get that information, that IP stuff. Yeah, um, I do have a little quick list here as well of Westworld finale. 10 unanswered questions. This is Would an you article like me from to give my entertainment. Hopes, oh, yes. Dreams I'll, and concerns for the I future. I was going <laughs> to do that. You do that first. Um, I, because I, I figure, what's his name? The the other Hemsworth, the other other Hemsworth that's in it. Luke. Luke Hemsworth? Is that his I think name? it's Luke. Okay. What's, what's his character? Like Stubbs, Stubbs. or something? Stubbs. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. <laughs> um, particularly for such a stocky man. Um, <laughs> Because I, I feel like he's going to – he obviously figures out that Bernard is a host because they kind of like hint is like, what's going with Bernard? And then obviously with what happens. So I feel like he'll he'll figure out that Bernard is a host. Um, I think there will be a um, – what similar so, what happens well, to BSG. How, how, well, hold on a second. How would you get there? Stubbs A, we don't know where the fuck Stubbs is. He's yeah. been – Well, he's in the he world. He got attacked. Yeah. Um, he might be dead. Yeah, I don't – but they didn't see him die, so I doubt it. Um. And also Bernard, it might be just that he... I don't think anyone's going to think he's not a host after this event, right. surely. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, well, that's the thing. Because I feel like if everyone is trapped in Westworld, um, there's going to be a... Are you a host? Are you a host? Are you a host? Who's a host? Are you Kind of like what they had in BSG. It was like, who's a Cylon? Who can uh, we trust? Right. So it's going to be like, oh, you know... And I assume Elsie's alive and in the park somewhere as well. Well, I don't know. We keep seeing Bernard strangling him. We don't really... Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a scene where we see Elsie's, like, signal. Yeah. And Stubbs goes and looks for it. But that's used to, like, draw Stubbs out. Yeah. It's like... 
It's the theory I read on that I was. Know, I kind of feel like we haven't seen them die, then they might be alive. My well, I want that to be the case, yeah, but I feel too. like they've left it deliberately open because I think they were trying to get them out of the storyline because they were bogging things down. That mm. whole corporate, the thing about her, like the corporate constellation, the corporate espionage was so in the way of everything else that was going mm. on that they just jettisoned it. Yeah. Um, got rid of it mm-hmm. and got rid of those two characters because. Especially Stubbs would have been really imposing figure at the end. They needed Maeve to get out of there pretty easily. Yeah. So the idea is that the theory is that Ford reactivated her thing so that Stubbs would go looking for it. He'd get taken down. So then Maeve would have less problems getting out of the mm-hmm. park. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll see them again. <laughs> I kind of hope we will. We don't. Um, and then we'll have some like figureheads or like faces that we recognize in that battle against like humans versus hosts that um, would be cool because we yeah. do need some and then especially I w- because they weren't there to be like i suppose massacred by dolores yeah. at the end so they are yeah that's interesting mm. oh that'd and be then nice i, I like would, those two i would maybe like to see some obviously because ford's whole thing is like oh you know you're the next stage of evolution and like you know it's your time to like take the mantle or whatever it is I would like to see some conflict there between hosts and once again, also we see in BSG where it's kind of like some hosts or in the show Cylons are like, you know, just get rid of the human race. And some are like, well, no, we don't need to do that. Like as long as like they see us as like, you know, sentient conscious beings, why can't we live together? And like that kind of conflict between hosts. Have you watched the uh, Planet of the Apes films, the more recent ones? I think so, yeah. Yeah, similar sort of stuff. It's like, okay, so apes now intelligent species. Mm. Can they coexist? Are uh, humans going to be pricks and try and kill them so they have to fight back? Uh, yeah. Humans the cause their own demise. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of see that maybe going that way here. Where, yeah, yeah they at first they try to coexist and then mm. someone, you know, is super racist against hosts and so the hosts have to wipe them out sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Yeah. So this is, I wanted to go over just a list, a uh, quick list, hopefully, of 10 unanswered questions from the Westworld finale. You can find this article also at uh, Entertainment Weekly. I will post this link in the show notes as well. Number one, what happened to Elsie and Stubbs? We've already sort of talked about that. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. It's not really well explained. Sound. It feels like they were getting too close to the truth, so they were taken out by Ford, but we never definitely see them definitively see them die. Where is the park located? Is this something that interests you? Yeah, really, really interests me. A lot of theories about whether it's on Earth, whether it's on an island somewhere in the ocean, whether it's on Mars or another planet. Mars is the one I like. They talk about, they talk about. I think in the programming it says that Maeve was meant to um, go to the mainland, which makes it sound like an island. Mm. But maybe it's an island on Mars even in some description. Um, and there was something where I think... Teresa said that the board was descending as in they were arriving. And I find oh, descending to be a really okay. specific way of saying it mm-hmm. because that could be an aeroplane, um, but it could, or it's underground. So they're like coming down an elevator or something like that, yeah. which is possible or a train. But I also like the idea they were like descending from orbit, like mm. from coming from earth. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I'm very curious about. Um, particularly now that we know that there are different worlds. Different parks, yeah. Like different parks. Um, so that amount of space. I mean, I, I would. Sh- you know, I feel like it would have to be a planet for that amount of space, right? I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. Uh, how many robot worlds on there? Uh, uh, sorry, how many robot worlds are there is one of the questions on this as well. So mm. if we've got a Shogun, Slamurai, I hope there are heaps. I'd love it there was heaps. Yeah. Uh, there, apparently there's talk from what I read that there's a rumour going around that Jonathan Nolan's trying to get permission from George R. R. Martin to have like a Game of Thrones world as one of them. <laughs> it's like the medieval world, like really Game I of Thrones. I would something. not go to that world. No. <laughs> that would be... That was a question as well that was brought up on Coding Westworld that I liked. Mm. We know how, we sort of understand how the guns work in Westworld. How do mm. swords work to not kill people in Samurai World? I've got no idea. I mean, I don't even really understand how the bullets work. I guess they're just... they When they're shot at a host, the host is like designed to like get damage from it. Well, wouldn't it be the same with a knife then? Well, yeah. Because it's still something coming at you... That should pierce your skin and it doesn't. I, th- I think what happens is there with the knife, I guess the hosts are only allowed to damage them so much. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, you look sword, at Westworld when like people are getting like choked or hit over the head or knocked out. It's like, um, how much insurance does Westworld <laughs> have? Because that seems extremely dangerous. I feel like it's, it mainly happens to the man in black. Yeah. I feel like he signed a bunch of waivers on that yeah, one. Like, that's a good point. Yeah. He was, yeah, because when he like it. wakes up with a noose around his neck, yeah. I'm like, well, that's super dangerous. Yeah. I mean, obviously the horse is programmed as well, but I still think Yeah, the was... horse is a host. Yeah. Tree might be a host. <laughs> the rope might be a host. Yeah. Like designed to Every let go. Every grain of, of dirt is a host. <laughs> um, what happened to Logan? So William and Logan's story sort of ends with uh, yeah. him like sending Logan I wish off. I cared. Yeah, I don't really care either. Yeah. I get the feeling there's a good chance we will see an older Logan come back at some stage. Mm. Um, either who escaped Westworld and yeah. has been... I can see, imagine him like escaping and like just being so like traumatized by what perhaps. I think that's what William was. William did to him. Jesting that that he's going to come out and he's not going to be. His dad won't be able to. Yeah, he seemed like unhinged. Unhinged after it, yeah. Yeah. Was going for. But it'd be not. I would like to find out if it certainly if he becomes important and he might. Mm. What that was going on there. Did Lee Sizemore, Charlotte Hale, and Man in Black survive the initial slaughter? Of course, we're going to find that out. Not really a massive question. How much of Ford's new narrative was seen by the VIP crowd? As in they're asking, did they see all the stuff that was happening with the Man in Black and Dolores and Teddy up until the point where they're on the beach at the end when Dolores Mm. is dying? I feel like I'd have to re-watch that to remember. It's like a a possible like beginning point for the... um, the board members to say at an end point I mean, I'm, what, I'm not sure if I think the, the beginning point would black. be there was one cycle of Dolores is one that starts with an end like it's the normal stuff where she goes home and her parents are being attacked mm. by the guys who, with the milk or whatever and mm. then she kills them mm-hmm. and then she runs off and starts following the path that she went on with William basically it's that one but that's just... Then. So she's saying like the early William... They're saying the early William story. Well, they couldn't be saying the early... It'd have to be just what Dolores and Teddy and Man in Black are doing in the present day. Yeah. Which is pretty boring because a lot of it's Dolores just wandering by herself until the Man in Black finally finds her at the place of the White Church. So I don't think they did. No. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. I'd have to rewatch it to clarify that just for myself. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, is Maeve or Ma- is Maeve still on script? So I think it's suggesting no, that she went off script at yeah. the end, but is it possible? Because we see the end of that code, which is like infiltrate the mainland. I don't know if we see the end of it. I think we oh. see down to the point that, that Bernard was reading through or showing right. it to her and she cuts him off or whatever. 
Well, she didn't infiltrate men. men no, she men, didn't, though. which is important. Mm. But is it possible that she's... Like, that's always a big question in this show. And it's a philosophical question. Can you ever be off script? Has she just reverted to her previous script? Because she was at one stage interested in saving her daughter. Is it Like, is she just reverting back to another version of herself? Is she really making a choice yet? Um, mm. How do you find, just out of interest... We need to stop going on so long, but... <laughs> The, the sequence where we find out that the voice that Dolores has been hearing the whole time wasn't Arnold's, it was her own. Mm. Do you find that effective? Do you find that, like, that worked to convince you that she gained consciousness? She never heard a voice directly say you need to kill everybody. It's just to find mm. the maze. And I feel like that's satisfying that she's the one who decides to take the gun and follow through and, and do what Ford wanted her to, but Ford never forced her to. Yeah. She didn't have to hear the words that Arnold said to trigger in the first place, which was the these violent delights mm. sort of thing. Violent ends. Um, is it effective? Did you did you did it read for you? Did it like, oh yeah, that I really felt that moment where she's now conscious. Yeah. I mean, I I was like, okay, yeah, she's conscious because I was pretty much like that's where I was directed. Um, but in that moment did I have like, oh mm. whoa, no. Yeah. It was more on reflection and yeah. thinking back on things that it said you know they're talking about the you know primitive man and like they thought their in a monologue in a voice sorry was you know the voice of god and like it's when you realize that no it's coming from you from your internal self um that you have like you know are able to have like true realizations um yeah so on reflection it it worked better than in the moment i think Yeah. yeah Did Abernathy smuggle the park secrets out? We just talked about that. That's fine. Yeah. What was Delos's top secret project? It's alluded to that they've got another ultimate cause or use for the hosts, yeah. which I we mean, never really get. I imagine that's almost that's impossible to talk about that because we have no idea what the outside no. world looks like. And true. I mean, is there? I was about to say, I should, could just be like any type of espionage, but are there world governments? Are there like? Who, know, I mean, who nothing. knows? It's really hard to nothing about the state of the world. Yeah. Um, why? Like, is it a there's like a paradise at this stage where there's peace on earth and that's why there's Westworld... No illness, there's... Yeah. Is that why Westworld, mm. Westworld is so appealing to people because, yeah. you know, it's dirtier and grittier and all those sorts of things mm. or is it... Yeah. It, hopefully, they're the sort of things I would love to see going forward. Yeah. I'm done. I'm finally done. I had so many notes, but that was, that was it. Yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap up? I mean, there is, but I feel like we should wrap up. What is it? Oh, I was just... I was something I was going to bring up earlier. I just forgot was about like the total lack of like... Simple things like so this story like anything is possible and it's like all about like any desire you want that you can kind of like achieve in this world really yeah it's like does no one desire like having sex with a morbidly obese person it's oh, like because there were none there were none it's like there's only there really any? one type of like body type which is like generally like either thin or muscular or it's like does no one just like want to have sex with someone with like no legs or like or just like want to like experience like real otherness is that not a thing i feel like you might have found those sorts of people at pariah there were the big orgy place with all the people that were gold and stuff like that i feel like there might have been a bit you're like everyday person who doesn't want to like go to the riskiest part of the world who just like wants to go to sweetwater and like have a nice date with you know a bigger person that's true like Okay, cool. Is this the future? <laughs> like, are we such a bland people that this is the best we can, like, desire? That's how the God, world's problems depressing. were solved. They'd killed all the fatties. There's just oh, none left. Yeah, good. No one do- even knows they exist. Oh, God, that's so depressing. How can you be attracted to something that doesn't exist in the world oh, anymore? Oh, God, that's really depressing. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. 
And yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, like the that you literally could go on forever. We could de- delve deep into Dolores and just um, that. What's her name? Sorry again, uh, Evan Rachel Wood's performance. So good to James Marsden and Teddy's just inescapable <sighs> destiny to lose all yeah. the time. Into Robert Ford, into Bernard, into the stuff with William and Logan. You could go on forever and ever and mm. ever. I did. I gotta say, I I did love James Marsden. He is. Very handsome man. He's very. I find him a pretty good actor. Yeah. Who has been? I just. I thought it was a really interesting commentary. Have you ever watched the X Men movies and noticed that Cyclops, who is a mainstay of the X Men, yeah. gets killed off completely unceremoniously mm-hmm. in the third movie? It's because he's not as gritty as Wolverine. Yeah. No, we don't need you. Bye. Yeah. Bye. You're dead. Yeah. And in, even in the second one, he's brainwashed for most of it. Yeah. Like poor James Marsden. Yeah. He was in that one shitty... I mean, he's Brandon in Ralph 30 Rock, um, which is great. He's Liz Lemon's love interest. and oh, like, really? like Like OTP love interest, like at the end, like he's like oh. the one. Um, That's and it's cool. Very, it's very, very good because they just talk about how handsome he is <laughs> all the time. And he's just like the sweetest guy. Yeah, it's really lovely. What, what I look forward to is... I like He's also amazing and enchanted as well. Teddy has got so much potential to change and grow mm. going forward. Like what is... This white knight, yeah, hero character, tragic backstory. Yeah, where's that going to go? <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I, I love, I love Teddy, and I love James Marsden. He's so cute, and with a name like Teddy, how can you not love him? Oh, Theodore, <laughs> Theodore Flood. All right, that's it. If you would like to contact us, you can do so on Facebook by searching for Hunting Seasons. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast or Hunting's Cast. You can email us at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at B Gordis Damask. At Maskimu, M A S K Y M O. I would also like to thank Sean Kirkpatrick, who designed our wonderful logo and graphics. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net and also Jordan Calavis for writing and performing our theme song. You can find his work www.soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. That's classic J-R-E-X. Also, if you would like to support the show, please, please, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. That's the best way you can support us and get the word out about hunting seasons. Next week... We will be back. We'll be starting the second show in our must-watch category. We'll be looking at the first season of Twin Peaks. How are you feeling about that one, Damask? Nervous. Nervous about that one? Yeah. How come? Because I don't know a lot about it other than it's really weird. Yeah. And I'm worried that I just won't like it. Have you much watched much of David Lynch's other stuff, movies and stuff? Not a huge amount, no. Because I find him... See, this is my problem, right? I am a simple man with simple needs. I like my narrative straightforward and well told. And yeah. Lynch is known for being weird and like if I thought if you thought Westworld was like, you know, trying to confuse you mm. the Yeah, I think the fear is or oh, the worry comes from I don't think I'm smart enough for a Lynch show. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There'll be plenty of material out there for you if you want to yeah. Do things that I, way. I mean, I think I'm going to have to like do a lot of research and figure some stuff out. Yeah, maybe we'll switch this one up because I know so little about the show. Maybe I'll be the one who doesn't do any reading on this one. I'm mm. just going to watch it straight through and see how we go. Yeah, um, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about it too. It's never been a show that's like I know about it. I've heard about it. It's you know one of those shows, but it's never. I've never gone. Oh, I really want to watch that. Yeah, I've never had any desire to watch because it. because I don't generally. I've watched a few of his movies and there's. Things I like about them, but I, I'm not a massive Lynch fan. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I hope 
that I am pleasantly surprised. Yeah, me too. We will see. It's a short season, the first season, so we'll get through it fairly easily. And mm-hmm. we have a remember we have a clause. If we both want to jettison, we can bail if it's not going well. Oh yeah, if we don't like it. That's yes. right. I forgot about that. So there is an escape clause if we're not enjoying it, it's fine. We're not in our prison of our own design. That's good. Not since Dead Like Me, we've learnt. Oh god, don't remind me of that. We gained consciousness. We weren't not gonna <laughs> go through cycle through those loops over That's and over right. again. Yeah. And with that Thank you very much for listening to this ridiculously extended episode, but I think this show deserved it, to be honest. Mm, yeah, it it's did. just one of those shows. We're out of here. Catch you next time. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.